You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Everyone and welcome to the room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This is episode number two hundred sixty-one. We're discussing our Wonder Vision final thoughts, Star Wars Disney Plus series updates, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Carlos, and I'm the real Carlos. There he <laughs> is, guys. If you can't tell by that, it's not it's not Sanjay at the table this week. It is our man Carlos Candido, the Tumbling Saber Podcast. He is filling that Sanjay void this week, and we are happy. To have you here, Carlos, man. I'm gonna call you Candido throughout this, but Candido, yeah. man, how how are things with you? It's been a while. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. Yeah, man. That's uh, things are good. I'm happy. Trying to get through, buddy. Try to get through. <laughs> yeah, we're we're all doing the same, man. I feel you. I hear you. Light at the end of the tunnel. I I'm happy. I'm coming here with some great news. My parents got their vaccine date next Thursday, so I'm super excited about that. That weight is going to be lifted off my shoulders, knowing that my parents are going to be a bit more protected throughout all this. But guys, we're here to talk about about nerd, our getaway, our escape from that true reality that sits beyond our front doors. And we've got quite a week in front of us. Now, WandaVision, the first Disney Plus MCU series, wrapped up this past week. Myself and Carlos were joined by the boys over at Vigilante 1939 to wrap that show up with a live stream. The audio for that is in the feed a couple episodes back. But Troy and Candido here, my man Carlos Candido, have not had an opportunity to give their thoughts on WandaVision. So we're going to talk about that, and they're going to wrap up this discussion for us because we're building very quickly into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've got to put this series behind us, this excellent series behind us, and we get prepped for what is next in the MCU. We're also going to talk about Star Wars, a topic we have not touched on, I don't think, in 2021. It has been very quiet in that space, but... Disney Plus, with the success of Mandalorian, with the success of WandaVision, we're starting to see some hype behind those shows that were announced at the end of last year. Some interesting thoughts on Andor and Rangers of the Republic coming at you guys. I'm going to break some of that down. And we're also, of course, we're going to discuss this, guys. We've got one more week to build into Zack Snyder's Justice League. The hype engine, like I said at the top, is in full motion. And there's some chapters, there's some figures and there's also a part two that we're gonna discuss. I, I've already got some chuckles online here, guys. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna touch on that towards the end of the episode. But first things first, like we always do, we gotta kick this show off with our weeks in nerd. And because we have a new man at the table tonight, I'm gonna throw it to him first. Carlos Candido, my man. Yeah, what man. has been going on with you? What? does that lego collection look like and what have you been up to in the first part of 2021 in nerd well uh, the the lego collection is uh, it's 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 changed but it it hasn't increased it's actually been decreasing slowly um not not drastically but uh, there, there there are some pieces that i bought and left sealed in box that i've gotten rid of uh, over the the past couple of months i have a list here of of all the, the sets that I have and the ones that I've sold so far, uh, the Razor Crest is gone. As soon as I saw the Razor Crest get destroyed on screen, I'm like, that thing is gone, baby. 
<laughs> oh man, the poor people that backed that thing too in Hasbro. Oh, man. Image oh, that's crazy too. Yeah. Uh, so I got rid of that. I got rid of the. Um, I was um, really keen on on collecting all the UCS sets, the Ultimate Collector Series sets with the plaques, uh, and I bought the the Baby Yoda, uh, the child uh, Lego set, and I ended up selling that. Obviously, not at a loss. <laughs> so I I made some money on that one. Uh, I also uh, sold my Stormtrooper helmet from the Helmet Collection uh, series, uh, and uh, I got the Tantive Four uh, on double points. Uh, we had talked about this uh, a while ago, Tim. Mm, I think on yeah. the Tumbling Nerd Room crossover, uh, where we talked about the rumors of the of the Tantive Four <laughs> coming around as a UCS set. It wasn't a UCS set, and I'm like, you know what? I don't want it. I ended up getting it. And I am gonna sell it again. Like I'm, I'm I, it's still sealed in box. Um, but what I've done recently, I have picked up two of the um, Tie Fighters uh, that they just released the the, the shrunk down uh, Tie Fighters. Um, I got two, one to keep sealed in box, um, and at fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah, no, but at fifty bucks, I think it's 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 a it's a decent investment uh, for somebody who collects Tie Fighters. Um, and, um, I'm, my goal right now is to actually get rid of some of those sets that I've, that I've purchased previously, even though they're used like the Porg, uh, I, mm -hmm. I like it. It's really cute. Not enough room on my shelves. <laughs> it's, it's come down to the room on my shelves and I don't want to buy another shelf because then that means I'm going to need another house with a bigger room to have more shelves. <laughs> and I mean, where does it end? Right? So I have it's, three it's shelves. It's a collector's problem, and especially with that Lego stuff, because some of that is big, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be getting rid of uh, uh, a couple of my X-Wings. I'm going to be get getting rid of uh, maybe I might be selling Krennic Shuttle. Uh, hmm. It's something that I really loved uh, in the past, but it just doesn't fit with the theme. And um, by doing that, I'm actually going to go back and try to fill out the last three TIE Fighters that I don't own. And they're pricey. <laughs> they are very pricey. Well, it's, it's one of the only collectibles outside of some of the real vintage stuff that doesn't lose value, especially no. for new collect things that are just released. When those go into retirement, look out, dude. Uh, honestly, if if a set that I buy today for a hundred dollars new, I can open it, build the build the set, and as soon as that set is retired, I could sell it used for the new price. That's crazy. That's how crazy Lego is. <laughs> well, and like some of the big sets I've gotten recently, like the JP set and that, it, it's already up because it's a bit harder to find. It's already up for $50, $60, yeah. $70 more than, than you could pay for it brand new. And if we're lucky enough to have a Lego store locally here, and so things do come through in a bit more volume. Yeah. But like, and even the, the Slave 1, my wife got me the, the anniversary one. Yeah, it's great. That was just released. I haven't built it yet. But she paid. She only paid an extra like twenty or thirty bucks on retail through Kijiji because couldn't find it around Christmas time. Yeah, it was sold out. But it, it's there's not much you can buy brand new that you're paying that much of an uplift on within a month or two of its release. It's it's uh, it was released in May 2019. That, yeah. That that, that uh, and I, well, I mean that's... I have it and it's glorious. It's gorgeous, but it's. Right now, it says uh, sold out, but there are no more plans to make more. It's going to yeah. stay sold out until it's officially retired, which should come uh, this summer. 
and it's the crazy thing is too and i guess it's like the action figure game as well is that these figures are technically retired once they stop hitting the pegs like you're not going to see them again in subsequent waves and lego yeah you do have the rebuilds and they're they're reissuing certain things but depending on the look that you want and the vintage of the set mm-hmm. it, it's crazy i'm seeing some of like the uh the helicarrier i got way way back when it's going for six seven hundred dollars now and i yep. think it was 399 when i bought it maybe in 2014 and so it's almost double the price in just six seven years after just yeah. release well it's it's a, it's a nice set too so it's a huge it's, set yeah yeah it's very very nice so yeah that's it's, it's great to hear that that you are focusing the lego collection but it, it does this hurt my heart a bit that you're having to peel back on on some of those key sets especially the krennic shuttle man i i have that behind me it's such a nice set i know I know it, it really is, but like I said, it's uh, it's not a Tie Fighter shelf if I have other stuff on it. Yes, that's is true. So, 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 yeah. so, tell me this: Do you ever plan on going outside of Star Wars with Lego? Uh, I mean, I have quite a few other uh, little sets. I bought my son uh, the Hedwig, the Harry Potter Hedwig uh, statue uh, that actually the wings actually flap mm-hmm. on it. Um, he he enjoys Harry Potter and. Uh, I, I, although i mean everybody knows i might be selfish but uh <laughs> my son does like harry potter even though i haven't seen any of the movies so I, I got that for him i'm not against getting other um other themes uh per se uh we like the speed champs here uh we like the avengers and the the spider-man stuff um uh, actually my son uh james has the smaller batmobile that was going for 40 dollars uh, it's a great little set for forty bucks, man. Uh, that little Batmobile, mm-hmm. really, really nice. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm cool. I mean, Lego is the biggest toy maker in the world. Like yeah, they, they, they give us good products. Um, so, but, but for me personally, I just can't buy everything. It's, it's impossible. No. And that's the thing with Lego that, for me at least, it became a real focus piece, where I'd only buy a set or two a year. I just mm. bought that big Jurassic Park set, and I have my eyes on the Ecto One, the Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. It's they're so cool. The builds themselves, I find almost cathartic. You can sit down, pop on a movie, and work your way through them over a couple nights. My daughter's really into it, mm. but you can't be a completist one, especially in Star Wars. Star Wars is the worst because they put out so many sets. Yeah, and and two, you could maybe buy two, three, four sets a year, like bigger sets. And you're already over a thousand bucks. Yeah, there's your your budgets. Yeah, there is no budget kind of thing. And the worst part is, I know for a fact. Like I said, I was gonna sell the Porg, but I I forgot to mention that I'm gonna be buying the Scout Trooper helmet, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm gonna be buying. They're gonna be uh, re-releasing the R2D2 buildable uh, buildable figure, Mm -hmm. which right now on the used market, because there was one that was released in 2012, I believe. uh, It's like easily four or five hundred bucks. That's insane. (laughs) <laughs> so and they're gonna be so they're gonna be re-releasing that uh, I think on May the fourth. Uh, you know, spoilers for anybody. Uh, it's it's <laughs> it, it hasn't been it hasn't been officially uh, released, but that's the rumor right now. And um, I mean, I, I'm assuming a hundred percent that the model that they're gonna make now is gonna look better than the one they 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 made you like hope. eight nine years ago. <laughs> so. Uh, I, I had been looking at that R2 for a while, and now that they're going to be re-releasing it, that's something that I'm going to get, even though it's not a TIE Fighter. But that's just a little, uh, like we say in French, un petit coup de car. It's a little, uh, you know, something that plays t- close to my heart, so I have to get it. But 
uh yeah i don't know we'll see what happens with that but uh, yeah they always make really really cool stuff man and we're gonna get some more mandalorian sets and there's mm -hmm. gonna be the moff gideon uh helicarrier coming this summer so there's there's tons of stuff but let's let's pass let's pass let's see what troy did let's see what craven yes. the hunter did this <laughs> this week <laughs> you literally took the words right out of my mouth because i already know troy it's it's been a minute since we 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 talked about figures on the podcast and i know you got a stack of plastic in front of yeah, you, man. man. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, well first of all, man, I, I just love hearing Carlos talk about Lego. Yeah. Like, I've been a fan for so long now just hearing you go on about Lego. I don't click Lego, but, man, that sounds like a good time. So that's pretty cool, man. That Moff Gideon uh, TIE Fighter, though. When do you say it's dropping? It's not the TIE Fighter. It's the, it's the you know, the ship where Luke docks on? Uh, that, oh. That carrier, the helicarrier. Not yeah, the helicarrier, yeah, yeah. but that uh, the transport like, ship. Right, right, right. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. No, <laughs> it's that's serious. It's supposed that's to be serious. a baddie, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh... yeah, man. No, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, but no, for for me, man. Um, my weaker nerd. It's it's Carlos's fault. Uh, the goddamn <laughs> Batman, Carlos. You know this guy. He uh he sends me a DM of him. I think in hand found the the McFarlane Robin, Damian Wayne's Robin, and I'm like, oh man, like I already got this in our pre order, but shoot, I kind of want to get it right now in the wild because this thing just looks amazing. So he gives me the location where it's at, and I go around. I'm like, well, I won't go there yet because it's a little further away from me, but I'll, I'll make my rounds, and I'll, I'll go on a little hunting spree. And um, <laughs> I have no luck. I don't find it anywhere, but I go to, a, I think it's an EB Games, and I find a, a Jar Jar Binks, like the deluxe set, and it's on sale for like 40 bucks uh, with the edge card. So oh, I was like, damn. shoot, I can't, I can't pass this down. So I'm like, all right, this is cool. So I pick that guy up, and I'm feeling pretty nice, and then I go to the next store, and they have like the whole wave of the the X-Men Jonathan Hickman's Marvel Legends. And I'm like, holy smokes, like I'm losing my mind here. I gotta grab all these guys. So I kind of calm it down a little bit. And I just grab a Cyclops and I think I grabbed a Magneto, the all-white Magneto. And I'm like, good. I leave. And then Carlos, um, <laughs> I think Carlos mentioned to me before about yeah, because so the Robin Wave dropped, and there was also the Death Metal Batman that's dropped in this wave too. And I'm not even like a fan of death metal. Like I've never read the books, but like the designs were so cool that when I saw this figure in person, this dark Knights death metal Batman with this cool, like weapon, I saw him in hand. I was like, man, I got to get this guy. I got to pick him up. So I pick up this Batman. I got a Batman. Now I got like X-Men figures. I got a star Wars figure. I'm just losing my mind here. And then I, uh, to mention as well, I have an Amazon order that's outside my door and it's the miles Morales, uh, into the Spider-Verse, a Marvel Legends figure that's sitting outside my house. So I get that in stock. And then the next day I go to Walmart and I see this X-Men wave again in front of me. And I'm just like, man, I, I can't sleep on this. I got to pick up more. Let's get another Cyclops, you know, let's get the Jean Grey. Let's just, let's just go nuts. You're doubling up already. <laughs> just doubling up already on this thing. So, so it, was, it, was, it was a little stacked. Um, I didn't make my rounds to the comic shop. But, um, oh, I had a Kijiji find, too. Um, it's the, so a while back, I think it was during the Civil War um, Avengers film or Captain America film, there was a three-pack set where you could get, like, Iron Man, Captain America, and Spider-Man. But oh, it's, like, you found damage. That? Well, I didn't find the whole wave, but I found um, the Spider-Man. The guy was selling the Spider-Man, which is the one I wanted, for, like, 15 bucks. And I was mm -hmm. like, come on. Okay, cool. Because now, like, this... Like with that Spider-Man now, I have like every um, MCU like Spider-Man, which is kind of the thing I've been wanting to do. So I picked him up for 15 bucks. Um, there was no shield, but I have like 
thousand Captain America shields. So I just yeah. So that they're the uh, battle damage ones, right? Yes. So Captain America is kind of beat up. Yeah. Spider Man's in good shape, but then Cap and Iron Man are both like beat up. Yeah. So it's funny because I was looking at that and I had messaged the guy. Yeah. But I didn't pull the trigger because I wanted the full set. Like I wanted all the accessories, and he didn't have the shield. Oh. And he's missing some of the other stuff. Like he he's had that up there for quite some time. Yeah, he had that up there. He had the cap. I don't know if he had the Iron Man, but he definitely had the cap. Yeah. 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 That's hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, Kijiji, man. Kijiji. Don't sleep on Kijiji. There's so many <laughs> goodies off that thing, man. It's crazy. Well, it, it's so funny, too, because I was talking to my wife the other day. I said, it's pretty dry on Kijiji lately. She says, yeah. that's because you guys bought everything off it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, it is. It's dry out there right now, man. Oh, There's nothing. Man. There's it's nothing. desert. <laughs> yeah so yeah that that was it though man i just i wrapped up my week with uh with those figs and um i'm kind of on the same boat with carlos here where i'm like i'm getting some things but i don't want to buy a new shelf but i'm at the same time I'm like i don't know where to put some of these things you know it's just it's just how it is man in this game of collecting it's um it's everlasting i just don't know what to do so you gotta put uh, your stuff at your mom's house <laughs> that's what you do yeah yeah i might have to i might have to i think that's what sunny's been doing right Sonny has stuff over there. Yeah, he's been yeah, slowly filtering old... it back through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, man. man. But no, um, Carlos, what do you what, what do you say, man? Because you know, I missed last week's um, like comic book talk, and I never did pick up many comics. But I did finish um, Dark Detective. I think the last run in Dark Detective. Did you guys talk about that already? Uh, we touched on it, but yeah, I need my man. I need uh, I need Jace <laughs> to, to <laughs> well, close out with your thoughts, man. Well, uh, yeah, to touch on that book, it was uh, it was cool. It was pretty cool, man. The art was stellar as it's been this whole time, um, but they left it kind of open because I guess it's continuing the Detective Comics like ten thirty nine or something like that. Yeah, well, there's a new Detective Comics that's coming out, and then there's uh, Batman Urban Legend. Okay. And so that's the book that Chip Zdarsky is writing the lead on. Yeah. But then the backups for this issue, or maybe it's the next one, are all ties to Future State. So this is kind of what we said like months before on the Nerd Room podcast is we maybe have insiders saying like they're going to play with some of this stuff and then they'll start developing out the characters that start taking root and people are interested in. So yeah, like some of that red hood stuff I think is going to be in the first or second Ooh. issue and Jace gets a little bit of love. And then I think his Batman gets more love in this urban legends book. And then uh, the next Batman's second son book is where they do his backstory and more of the family stuff with the foxes, which makes sense given the the name of the book and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, you'll get, You'll get some more of it because, yeah, it was a bit cliffhangery and mm-hmm. they just ran out of runway kind of thing. It was a decent ending, but not not the majesty that that book deserved. Well, yeah, because I was kind of let down with uh, the big bad with uh, number one. What's it? Um, Peacemaker one. Yeah. Peacemaker. Yeah, because I kind of felt like a little anticlimactic with him. I was like, there's such a buildup. And then they get mm-hmm. to that final showdown. And I was like, ah. But the cool thing for me was uh, the Red Hood book after. Again, yeah, that's another another one for me, and I like who it looks like he's, who he's, he's talking to someone. I'm, I'm assuming it's Batman, is the character that he's talking to in the in the alley well, that we don't see. See, and I thought it was Barbara, so that's cool. Oh, okay, because it, <laughs> okay. it definitely wasn't it wasn't Dick because they no reference him. No, so yeah, 
That's cool. Okay. But I like that. I like that angle, though, that there's someone. Because I thought, okay, the next panel that we see, it's going to be like, boom, here's your, you know, your mysterious figure. But they didn't they didn't tell us at all. So it's yeah, kind of cool. That's open-ended. Yeah. One, did you buy Infinite Frontier? I did, but I haven't read it. But I can't oh. wait. I can't wait to check that out. <laughs> Man, yeah. like, damn that book. Because, like, I was ready <laughs> to, to pare down the things that I was going to be buying. Yeah. And that thing got me hyped on pretty much their entire lineup coming for, coming forward. Like, they they definitely liked some of the things that happened with Future State. So yeah. you get Yara getting mm. on a plane and coming to North America. <laughs> and, like, all the – I was like, no! I wanted to collect less books coming out of this. That's tough. Well, does that book act like what Rebirth did after the end of New 52? How it kind of – you know that Rebirth book is, like, a big, big book, and it kind of gave us all the insight of, like, where the – dc universes yeah ish so it's pretty cool like no spoilers because this is like the first page Mm -hmm. but they kind of and marvel does this a lot with their kind of pre and post event things where they have like the one point of view character that takes you through all the Mm -hmm. different things so with this one to kind of build on our conversation that on a book we didn't love with immortal wonder woman 2 it's actually the specter and wonder woman where she gets an invitation to be part of the quintessence which is um, kind of like the, not the Eternals, the Celestials in Marvel. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like the, the DC version of those characters, and so she gets an invitation to that, and so before she says yes, she's like, I want to see what's going on with everybody else, and so it's her and the Spectre, and they kind of drop in, on what's going to be a bit of a prelude to every single one of the new books coming out. Cool. So. It's pretty cool because they had the creative teams for all the new books do their thing. And so they wrote their chapters and did their art. And man, like I was so hyped on everything. And then, yeah, it's it's terrible. My wallet's not going to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how anyone could walk away from this eight-week segment that you guys have pulled together, nine-week segment, whatever it's been, and not be hyped about it. Like you can say what you want about creatives involved or whatever or the, the characters but the hype alone that you guys have brought to this is crazy and i know i made i made a commitment i still haven't got there yet but troy i did read the first two issues of the last ronin okay okay wicked <laughs> i don't i don't want to go, go spoiler talk one, but okay ooh, i loved it yeah, man. <laughs> yeah there you go oh. man it <laughs> so like the the way that they frame it like i get you get it from the title roughly what's happened right yeah the way that they work through issue one with the with all four it's so cool oh man the and the big goes. bat i love yes yeah. yeah oh it's so cool man and yeah you don't need anything to, to get into it you just need to know there's four turtles yeah did you um without obviously revealing who it is did you have an idea of who it was going to be and did it come out the way you thought or what yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah i I kind of guess based off the title almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it does a good job at, I, I will say I had it cemented in my mind who it was. Yeah. As it went through the book, I was changing that as I went. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 okay. They've made this weird reference to this. It's it's this this one. Oh, no. they And so it kind of kept me guessing all the way through, which was cool. Yeah. Especially because yeah. I had like this pre, this idea going in as to, I'm almost certain it's this person. And there's it's some of so the imagery, cool. some of the panels, like laying down all four of the face masks on top of yeah. the weapon. Ugh. Well, it had me eyeing up and down the panels because I remember the first book towards the end, 
um, you kind of get like not a flashback, but you get to see some of the other turtles. And I remember I'm eyeing up the turtles and I'm looking at like their pouches and the layouts, d- yeah. depending on how those look. I'm like, okay. So I narrowed it down to two turtles. And then after it's like, okay, you find out who it is. I was like, all right, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And, that's and good, your, your notion that you put forward a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about toys in 2021 of NECA mm. doing this, oh, I'm already there for it. Like, I, I'm yeah. I, money spent for me. <laughs> <laughs> hands down that that'll easily be the one i'll buy 100 it's so yeah. good so good yeah. but uh well carlos goddamn batman wait what's been going on with you you spent a bit of my money this week but we'll, we'll leave that one till <laughs> till next week when i have it actually in hand but yeah. what, what are you saying for this week man i was just spending everybody's money like spending <laughs> troy's money spending your money but uh... i still owe you money i forgot about that i'll send that <laughs> no worries man um, yeah, but I kind of, I kind of feel like the Sanjay now, which is not a good feeling. Cause I, how do you follow <laughs> Troy with that onslaught yeah. of figure <laughs> mania? Tough. Like that's insane. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I got some stuff. And then he's like busting out the second Cyclops and I'm just like, shoot, <laughs> Already I'm not even going to play the that. game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to play the game, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, got into some heavy pre-ordering on Amazon, but we'll get into that later on. But uh, you know what? I'll take it to a place that Troy uh, Troy doesn't venture just yet. Just right. yet. Um, this weekend, I cracked open the new tube that arrived at my house from Bottleneck Galleries. Ooh. And in it was a absolutely stunning piece of Batman Returns artwork, actually. Uh, it's called Silent Night by an artist named Matt Ryan Tobin. And, uh, man, it is cool. I sent Tim some pictures. Mm, just awesome. um <laughs> Yeah, ironically, he sent me a message asking about some print stuff, and I was there flattening this one out kind of thing. But it's cool. It's basically, I'll I'll post some pictures in our Instagram, but uh, it's an image of Batman. It looks like he's kind of in a bat signal, but if you look at it closely, he's actually being reflected in the bat signal that's lit, and there's snow kind of flying in between uh, him and the signal and in behind him. And then if you look past him in the reflections, you can actually see like a Oswald Cobblepot for mayor banner in one of the corners. So much detail. And then like the top of the Shrek's tower with the smiling cat and stuff. And it's just, and it's like, that is my Michael Keaton Batman. Like the image where the imagery where you just see kind of the one eyebrow and a little bit of the eye flashing through and stuff. Like, I love that. Like say what you will about that suit and this lack of mobility and everything else. Like Tim Burton could capture the hell out of, just Batman with his mm. use of shadows and the way he would light that thing. So, yeah, it's it's cool. It's a very, very cool piece of art. And uh, it was funny. When I bought it, I really debated between the regular version, which is the one I ended up going with, which is kind of like more grayscales. And then there was a variant version, which was blues. And I, um, I just decided to toss a message to the artist on Twitter. And he actually ended up replying to me saying like, oh, dude, that that black and grayscale version that's <laughs> that's legit that's the jam kind of thing and the, cool. the blue I, I don't like it it's it was just kind of an experimental piece and it, it was kind of cool to know that the the poster karma had come through for me because it's kind of leaning blue just because it reminded me of the old promo art from back in the 90s but uh yeah man this this uh, black and gray one will look pretty sharp on the on the poster wall well even with this poster game that you've got me neck deep in now man (laughs) it's funny because every print comes with a variant and usually the other variant from the original 
is of a lesser quantity, correct? Yes. And that, in my head, the collecting mindset starts rolling being, well, I want the more exclusive one. And this JP print that I've got coming, I've gone back and forth so many times because there's a green one and then there was an off kind of grayscale one. Yeah. And the original was the green one and, and the grayscale one was a i think it had about half the amount of the prints and it sold it was sold out when i went to it and i was like oh man did i miss something but i keep going back and looking i was like i like this original the green one better like it pops more and it has more coloration of the film in it you got to go with whichever one a you like better Mm -hmm. and b whichever one does the art more justice yeah like that's the number one thing like there's a couple times like I have a RoboCop variant that my favorite artist did, and it's like, shoot, I should have gone with the regular one because I mm-hmm. like it way better. But, uh, yeah, I played that game a little bit, and I kind of burnt myself. But uh, And the other thing to know is that it's been my experience, at least, that the vast majority of times the artist's preference and intent is the regular yeah, version. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good so point. I, I've kind of seen a few of them come out and when asked type of thing, and that was the case with this Batman Returns one and – even that Terminator one I bought a little while ago, like there was a black, black, gray, and red version of it, which was pretty cool and pretty sinister looking. But the artist was like, no, man, like I leaned into the fact that that movie was 1980s and the blue and pink and teals, that's that's how it's supposed to look. So, yeah. But at the end of the day, you spend the money, it goes on your wall. You got to do what looks nice, not what somebody else is going to give you a, 20% extra for in the aftermarket down the road type of thing. And at the end of the day with a lot of this too, at least the stuff that I'm buying, I have no intention of selling. Right? Like the, I, there's nothing unless I yeah. get tired of it, but I'm not I'll just roll it up and put it in a poster tube and put it in my closet and then it'll pop back out. Like I just did a poster rotation mm-hmm. down here the other day and some of the stuff I hadn't pulled out in five years I got thrown up on the wall and so it, it's great to have that that capacity to do a bit rotating, similar to the collection, right? It's it's always changing, always evolving, always differing. And you're you're an expert at that in your house. Yeah, that w- I, my wall is pretty trashed from uh, <laughs> <laughs> having that practice. But uh, yeah, it, it makes it cool. It keeps it fresh, and um, even just our friends that visit on the regular type of thing. That's one of the first things they do is they go take a look that's at cool. the poster wall and see what's different and whatnot. So yeah, it, it's kind of fun, and it's it keeps the collection interesting. Wicked, wicked. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Following up even that is going to be difficult for me because I have absolutely nothing this week. I think it's the first time I come to the table with nothing. I didn't read anything. I didn't buy anything. Kijiji, online, everything has been... And this was not because of any lack of trying, but everything has been extremely dry. But I want to do something for the first time ever on an Urban Podcast, to celebrate the presence of our, of our good friend, Carlos Candido, being here. I'm going to do a, a buy. I'm going to buy myself a Lego set right now. No. Live on the podcast. <laughs> Live on the podcast. You want the Tenta 4? No, I have not the Tenta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Close. I'm dipping. I'm going. I found. I just got, I got it pulled up on Amazon here. It's in my cart. It's the uh, the Ecto One. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna pull the trigger on it right now. Oh, nice! So, click Holy once. smokes! Here it goes. I found it on Amazon earlier, and I thought, you know what I'm gonna do? This is a nice way to celebrate uh, Mr. Candido being here. So there wow. it goes oh, in the cart. There it goes. Order has been placed. 
Oh, nice. Congratulations, yeah. Ecto-1. man. It should be on my doorstep tomorrow. <laughs> so now your wife is going to get that notification, and she's going to message Sanjay and say, like, dude, you need to show up next week on the show because <laughs> this Candido guy <laughs> cannot be there. <laughs> it's funny because all I, all the messages come to me, which is good. But there it is. Amazon confirmation just came through. Ecto-1 is going to be nice. on my doorstep tomorrow. So hopefully nice. by the time job, this man. podcast airs, well, it's two-day shipping. So it should be here on Thursday. So there it is. There's my pickup for this week. A live nice. purchase on the podcast. Ecto one. I showed it to my dad and he was like, You have to buy it. You have to buy yeah. it. Like Yeah, I can't don't not. blame me, man. <laughs> <laughs> don't put that blame on me. <laughs> I'm gonna send my wife straight to you. Now it it uh, <laughs> it's something I've been eyeing up since the release and it went out of stock around Christmas time disappeared it's labeled as a hard to find on the lego website i've never yeah. seen it in person and i actually looked today and i thought okay this is this would be kind of cool to do in celebration of, of mr candido being present on the podcast here so that is my weekend nerd outside of of course reading the last rona and all that and having that chat with troy but i i'm jealous of craven there and the amount of plastic that is coming through but guys marvel legends is picking up we saw the wanda from wandavision oh. It's looking great. There's a diamond yeah. select that looks awesome. We saw the white vision from last week. And I'm looking forward to get my hands on those Marvel Legends. But did, did you did you see the the, the the white vision Funko? Yes, I did. Doesn't it's, it look it looks incomplete? Looks like paint your own Funko? Yeah, it's just yeah, just <laughs> like plastic. Yeah, just with a little blue right here and the rest is all white. <laughs> There's a little, little gold accent here and there. Oh, okay, 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 fine, fine. But you'll you'll get the Funko lovers all over that one. But guys, speaking of a WandaVision here, yeah. I I gotta get Troy, I'm gonna go to you first. Yeah, man. You know, we we've gone on this this journey through the last eight weeks or so, whatever it's been on the podcast, giving like our thoughts months, progressively. Eight? Yeah, two months. Progressively yeah. as this thing has dropped. Yeah. But I, I got to know, what are your final thoughts on WandaVision after that wild last couple of episodes with what we got with Wanda, Vision, the yeah. lack of X-Men, thank goodness, spoilers, I guess, yeah. out there. Yeah. But Troy, man, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts here on, on how WandaVision closed out? Yeah. Okay. Well, so to, to just so everybody knows where I'm kind of at with the show, um, I wasn't really anticipating the show the biggest, so I didn't really go in with the highest, um, you know, stakes. And the first two episodes didn't do much for me. I think it was like the third or fourth where things started to turn around and I was starting to kind of vibe with it. I was never a big believer of the whole uh, uh, fake Pietro, Pietro being anybody more Thank than just, just someone yeah. from Westview. So, um, you know, it was basically the, the Mandarin switch, right, that we yeah. got in Iron Man. Um, but I got to say, man, you know, for – a show that had what nine episodes to develop with their villain. I think they did a pretty whack job, a pretty poor job on developing the villain. The villain for me was very, if you look behind me, I'm a big power ranger fan. Um, but that villain was very power rangers. Like for me, she's very Rita repulsor and it, it just didn't work for me. I mean, I'm coming off of watching films like man of steel. That will give me Zod in one movie. Who's awesome. You know, you can watch Killmonger in black Panther. He's awesome. Um, here this was nine episodes of a villain that just didn't do much for me and she's pretty predictable i thought we kind of knew where she was going 
but what I really liked about the whole show is that we were all anticipating like the big pop-ups or someone showing up, right? Because that's kind of what the Marvel films have done is we're, we're expecting like the big cameos from another uh, player from the MCU to pop up. So it was really cool that there was nobody that mm-hmm. popped up, like not even Doctor Strange. That was actually, I didn't think I would like it, but I actually did like that part. But that they, they really, did mention him though. They did mention him, which was cool, but it was yeah. cool because in this day and age with the MCU films, they've gone so far away from like the the one shot storytelling of just like a Spider-Man story, you know, and no one else is popping up. But here they gave us just Wanda and Vision. And I thought that was pretty cool while introducing some other new characters like Monica. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. But um, the, the final uh, fight scene between Wanda and Ag- uh, was it Agnes. I was Agatha Harkness. Agatha, yeah. yeah. That... <sighs> The CGI was pretty poor. Like it felt yeah. like they really ran out at a lot of money. The whole hex itself looked pretty bad, as opposed to like the episodes before. But I really liked Vision and Vision fighting, and I like how they solved that. You know, between through dialogue, mm-hmm. and it was very reminiscent of um, Vision and Ultron at the yep. end of you remember mm-hmm. the Ultron film. So I thought that was pretty cool. But I gotta say, I, I was I was kind of cheering on the fact that they're gonna do a show where Wanda is the villain. Mm-hmm. And they did that, which was cool. But then to see her just kind of walk away after she really screwed over all these civilians in Westview. And Monica just had that little heart to heart with her being like, yeah, I would have done the same thing. I was like, wait, pump the brakes. Like, you would have? <laughs> really? Would you actually done that? Um, and then they just let her go. I mean, they probably couldn't stop her anyways. But the fact that she just kind of walked away, went off to her her bunker and then didn't even learn her lesson. So she learned her lesson to stop the hex. You know, there's the grief, there's the love and like the forgiveness, the understanding. But then at the very end with like the second post credit scene, she's kind of back into the whole motive of like, I'm going to bring my kids back, I guess. Or at least she hears her kids. So I guess you're, you're assuming that there's still hope that she'll go back down the same whole rabbit hole. So it's kind of like, well, that's, that's kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of it's, a weird way to end it. I, I take it as like the light side, dark side of the force very much. Mm. It's like the dark side can bring back people, but the light can't yeah. type thing. Mm. And she's walking that, that fine line between whether she's good or whether she embraces that side of it to get what she wants out of it. Well, in my opinion, I think I think where she 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 goes away and is mm. kind of like in Bruce Banner hiding, it mirrors really well with the the, the Bruce Banner and Hulk dichotomy. Yes. So I I kind of I don't know if I would say that um, uh, I don't want to step on Troy's uh, uh, rundown here, but uh, no man, you 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 spoke about the. Um, you know Wanda being the villain, and I never, yeah. I never, I never contemplated Wanda being a villain, uh, just somebody who's going through some stuff. No, see, but for me, like in my opinion, she's definitely a villain because for me, a, a cool villain is never anybody. Nobody ever sees themselves as the villain. So yeah. like we see her story, we see why she's doing what she's doing. Yeah. At the end of the day, she's still a villain because she's like <laughs> she's hurt these people. These people can't even see their loved ones. So. Whether or not she believes she's a villain or not, the best villains are the ones that think like what they're doing is, yes. is, is right. Great, which is like why Thanos. I'm a big fan of like Vader, yeah. right? Like, yeah, but he I don't think what I, he's doing. I, I don't think that's where she was coming from, though. I think I think she she was it was a more of a PTSD moment. Yeah, uh, where she uh, just uh, was desperate to 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 have something of a, of a normal life, and um, you know uh, her power set kind of got in the way of of uh ethics uh, one would say but um 
I mean, look, she tried to uh, she tried to stay. She saved Steve Rogers and killed uh, I don't know twenty people uh, yeah. in Lagos. Yeah, so, she crossed the line. She, you know, like you know, even people with good intentions uh, sometimes uh, pave the, the the road to hell, or if that's how the the saying goes. But like, but with, uh, like what Troy's saying, it, it's weird that it's like they let Wanda go and she's held these people hostage for. They can't stop uh, her though. It, it, at least eight weeks, but then they're like, "Yo, director of Sword, we gotta yes! arrest you." But yes. it's like, Arre- arrest him for what? The guy's yes. an agent of the government trying to liberate American citizens <laughs> who are held too. hostage. No, yes! but I, th- I think he was arrested because because he was he did the tests and the stuff on Vision without them knowing. But uh, Vision and- is not an American citizen. He's like a robot. Like yeah, he's government property, is... right? And uh, I don't think he had the okay to 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 do what he was doing. That's in, their in, opinion. Uh, property. Oh, all I'm saying, yeah. man, is is justice for Westview, man. Some of those people could have been. <laughs> some hey, of listen. Those people, some of those people could have been snapped not Look, too long ago, and they if... got back their life, and now they just got held captive from Wanda. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. If they wanted me to care about the people of Westview, they wouldn't have put them in New Jersey. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Any other state, I would have been on board with you, but it's New Jersey, so they got what they hey, deserve. Hey, we got friends and collaborators in New Jersey. I will not stand for any besmirchment of Devil's Land. Hey, hey, I, oh, I didn't man. say you said it. I said it. There's Candido. You can hit me up at C Candido Music on Twitter if you're not happy. <laughs> I guarantee you, I won't be checking my messages. But um, <laughs> as far as the, are you done with your your yeah, rundown for the you. series? That's all you, man. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I I I didn't know what to expect uh, when when and this is the first time I'm talking about the series. So if you if you just indulge me for maybe you know 45 seconds more than I would have normally, I kind of liked that happenstance made this the first. Uh, a series mm-hmm. uh, for for Mar- because it was supposed to be Falcon and Winter Soldier and that got pushed back. Um, and in a way, I'm happy because what this did uh, showed that um, we're not a show like any other by taking shows from different eras to lead us up to the present day. And I thought that was so well done. And not that it was gr- it wasn't groundbreaking per se, but it was. Wanda trying to find the semblance of like normalcy and and the sitcom life, uh, you know, learning English by watching TV in Sokovia, like I I I got it. I understood that. I understood that part. And uh, the whole vision versus vision thing um, was great because what it allowed Marvel to do, uh, and what this series, in essence, uh, for me what it allowed them to do was to have the Scarlet Witch be in the next movie. uh, And it allows us to see Wanda as the Scarlet Witch with this great power set without us saying, how did she become like that from infinity war and Endgame?" So it gave us that bridge to, to, to in essence, a new character. And, um, and now it's earned. So if she does show up in the uh, multiverse of madness or whatever other project they want to throw her in, now she's a more powerful character. Considering we lost Cap, considering we lost Iron Man, it makes sense for them to 
push some of these characters further yeah, ahead to. up the board. They have to, right? And uh, somebody that could mirror um, Stephen Strange was supposed to be the best of the sorcerers where she has that dark side and they can play off each other as equals now as opposed to uh you know dr strange being the know-it-all and her just being an avenger in training i think that that's what this series did and it it elevated a lot absolutely and it it brought back uh paul bettany as as vision and the fight between the westview uh fake vision and uh the reanimated one was great and having that conversation and then the westview vision just transferring some of those memories and allowing the other vision to, to 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 understand who he really was, um, and him just taking off and maybe trying to deal with it. Like maybe he found his own fortress of solitude, and he's going off there uh, to to contemplate what's going on and stuff. Um, I I really enjoyed it, and it, I, I'll be honest, I didn't have any theories, or I didn't have any. Um, uh, preconceived notions of things that I wanted to see in the series itself. I wanted to be entertained, and they did that. Mm-hmm. So for me, and I love the fact that it was a limited series, nine episodes. It's over. Beautiful. You can always go back and watch it. It's like it's like another two Avengers movies. It's mm-hmm. it's like uh, so as as far as what the show did, I think. Yeah, it was a little wonky at times. I agree with Troy, man, that some of the some of that fight, the the Wanda and, and uh, Agatha fight scenes flying uh, through the air, you could literally see the the animation a little bit. It was a, it was wonky in some spots, um, which I guess you can you could forgive for being a television series. Um, I, I I didn't hold it against them per se. Uh, there were worse blunders in 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 bigger movies uh, from uh, not just uh, Marvel and Star Wars, um, the mustaches and stuff. Um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I mean, other than a couple of little things, and like, I had an issue with Agnes and Agatha because in the comics, Agnes, Agatha's not really a villain per se. She's kind of a mentor a little bit to Scarlet I didn't think Witch. they're going to go full on villain with her. I thought they were going to play a bit fast and loose with there being a true villain of the series. And, and I, I do agree with you after having or taking off my hype blinders from the live stream and all that, that that is probably the more weaker part of the whole series is, is Agatha. Mm-hmm. And, at the end of episode eight, I just assumed the reveal would have been, oh, it was her, but it isn't her. And then it turned out to be her type thing. Like not, yeah. not doing the hex and all that, but that she was in there for a bit more of personally selfish reasons. Yeah, absolutely. But so. the cool thing is, is that she's, she's still a tool in the toolbox now. Yep. She's there. She's and, and, and Scarlet Witch can always go back and, 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 Oh, I need to, She's reading the book. We see it at the end of the of the end credit scene, right? So, like, she's she's trying to devour all this knowledge, and maybe she, you know, loses a page in translation, and she needs Agatha to help her figure some stuff out, and she can pull her back. And I think Catherine, uh, Catherine Han, Han, right? Um, yep. I, I I don't not necessarily uh, poor, uh, for or against her performance. 
uh, or uh, or what they did for her character, but I think she was great in what in what they asked her to do. Yes. Uh, I liked I liked her performance. I think she's a great actress. So uh, having her come back uh, is I, I think this is it's pretty much all positive at this point. And what it does for me because I've been dying for Falcon and Winter Soldier, and what this did for me was allowed me to reset a little bit my expectations because what we did through this whole series. And I've been following along with you guys, and you did it. Oh, what's going to happen here? Who's going to come up in the next episode? <laughs> Paul Paul Bettany is going to uh, face one an actor he's always wanted to play off against. And he was talking about himself. Like, he's been fooling with us. So now I know that when we go into Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's going to be more of an action. It's going to be more like buddy cop thing. Yeah. Um, but I think... Personally, I'm just gonna lay off the gas on on the whole what's gonna happen and uh, expectations. And I've been I've been harping on this a lot over uh, podcasts for for months now. Just my own expectations and 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 um, of of you know uh, what's gonna happen. And you know what, we need to enjoy things more. Yeah. You know, and not try to be the first one to decode things because. Yeah. Guess what? If you would have figured it out, if you would have said it uh, eight weeks ago and you would have called the the last uh, episode, right? And you would have done that and it would have been written down. You had all the tweets and you said, see, I called it. You didn't get one cent for that. (laughs) You got zero. There's there's no clout there either. The important part about all of that is is to have fun with it, but don't let it bound your enjoyment. Mm. Yeah, of any of this, like, and that's and that's that's the big the biggest problem with all fandoms from any franchise is people are so attached to their ideas of what they want mm-hmm. and what they think is going to happen, as opposed to just being like, they didn't hire me to write the script, <laughs> I can choose whether I want to put the money down to go watch it or not, you know, and exactly understand where your role is in this whole thing and i i come from the standpoint i just want to enjoy it yeah i want to put something good to screen have some fun with it and if some of the stuff is there and if it's not you can leave it in the revere and you're gonna see it down the road you're gonna see some of the stuff play out and i think if anything marvel's earned that trust from all of us with everything they put in front of us so it, it to me again you can catch all of our thoughts right off of a viewing in a couple episodes gory head over to our youtube page and actually check out the full live stream with with their animated selves in front of the mics and the cameras have some fun with that guys because it's it's all hype over there and i do like a bit of the tempering of some of that here because it gives us a nice holistic view of what this show was and i think to me if i want to throw my final thought it exceeded all expectations for me it did what it needed to do for those characters, and it showed us that Disney Plus MCU matters. Mm-hmm. And it's going to matter for future storytelling, too. So if you haven't tuned in, get into WandaVision because it's it's the kickoff to all this. we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming. We've got Loki. There's, there's a lot on our doorstep with the MCU, and there's a lot on our doorstep even in this space with Star Wars. Star Wars is going to take from that success of The Mandalorian, of WandaVision, and really start to develop their stories in a major way, in a major capacity on Disney+. Plus. If Mandalorian Season 2 and WandaVision have taught us anything, is that everything is on the table. We saw mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker a couple weeks ago on what is technically a TV show. Yep. You had said that 
to any of us four months ago, we would have said, you're crazy. They will never no let Luke Skywalker onto TV show. And here no, we no, are. No, 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 not this guy. Not this yeah. guy. This guy <laughs> <Yeah>. was telling <laughs> y'all. This guy was telling y'all. <laughs> I know. He was the only one that believed. Man, he I was how, the only one that believed. I'm sure. How much was crazy. that? Hey, hey, Troy. How much was I got that? This, I got this much. <laughs> how, how much was that? How much was that check? Actually, no. I spent money because I ended up buying action figures to so hope that we get that thing going on. So I lost money. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but no, with with Star Wars now resetting and reframing themselves for telling, I think, stories in a different way as well. I think they, in at least a big screen capacity, they didn't lean as much into the MCU style. They kind of went their own path, separated out a few things. But it appears that the Disney Plus is going to use that blueprint and try to tell more connected stories across what looks to be two main eras. You have the post-Return of the Jedi Mandalorian stuff going on with the Mando, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, uh, Range of the Republic. And then you've got another small subset happening pre-Rogue One, your Andor and Obi-Wan Disney Plus shows. These are two big shows that we should see in sometime in 2022, hopefully. But the character that, that we're going to talk about right here is Obi-Wan Kenobi. We know that with that show, they're going to have to do some, I'm going to say head cannon retconning. Because we had all, we've all made an assumption that Obi-Wan Kenobi sat in his hut for 18 years, washed over Luke, didn't move. And I think that this show and even Andor are going to play with the idea that he was a bit more mobile than we had originally anticipated. Because there are rumors right now that Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to have a reoccurring role in the Andor series. Now, this is Did a series they say reoccurring? Or this cameo. Reoccurring. This the remo the rumor out there is reoccurring. Mm -hmm. He's going to play a, a larger mm -hmm. role than any one of us would have anticipated a couple weeks ago. And again, this is conjecture. This is rumor. This is internet speak. So take this for what it is. But it's an interesting discussion to have because what it does is it more inherently connects Andor and the Obi Wan series, other than just being set in a relatively similar time frame. It makes these companion shows. And it drives interest to Andor maybe a bit more because there's potential to see Obi-Wan Kenobi in a real meaningful way. And so I'm going to go to Carlos first here on this, the goddamn Batman. You know, you've been dipping your toes into a lot of Star Wars lately, maybe even more than I have. But hearing the idea or concept of Obi-Wan Kenobi having a, a role even in the Andor series, the series based off of Cassian, our boy Rick, intelligence officer pre-rogue one doing the dirty work in the trenches for the rebellion now now to place obi-wan kenobi in some capacity in there where he's having interaction with the rebellion he's having interaction pre a new hope with everything that's going on in the galaxy i said head cannon retcon because i don't think it stayed anywhere they stayed in that hut at least canonically no. and so readjusting those expectations and trying to get into the mindset of a more of a, a shared Star Wars partnership type of show, like, does it work for you to have Obi-Wan Kenobi mobile and appearing in this show? Well, great. Now I'm going to get a whole bunch of angry messages from <laughs> Rick here, and the <laughs> the Andor versus Ezra battle is going to be back on. Because yes, it is. Honestly, I think this is just a goose interest in Cassian Andor show. Think so? Because it's like... Yeah. 
like when you look at the excitement level, you have Rick and he's super hype, and then there's like everybody else, <laughs> and so uh, like it it really caught me by surprise. See, and I kept straight face and Troy. He's just <laughs> he's cackling there, and he starts laughing, and I start laughing. I'm done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I'm kind of surprised. Like I thought that this would be our uh, our spycraft and intrigue show, but you bring out Obi-Wan Kenobi and he's like one of the big shiny toys and you're adding a Jedi to this project and even a Jedi to a project that we're going to be talking about down the road. Like they kind of suck all the attention to them in my opinion. And especially Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like I'd argue that he's almost aside from Ahsoka right now, who's white hot, like he's kind of the most popular one. So yeah, I like, I'm here for it. Like I love that character. Yeah. But I'm a little surprised that they decided to go this route. Um, and maybe they're not as confident in what they have with uh, Andor. Sorry, Rick. <laughs> Question well, mark? And it's it's a good point that you have that Andor's a great character inside of that ensemble film. And Rogue One itself is a fantastic film, and it does a lot. But it leverages to a lot of the familiarity and experiences that we had from A New Hope. And that story mm-hmm. building into it. And then, of course, layering in Darth Vader, it takes us to the next level. So your, your, your idea of, well, maybe Obi-Wan Kenobi to, to bring this up a level, bring the hype, build the hype, and build the story a bit more. Because you have the Belgana. We're likely to see Jimmy Smith, I would say, in this series at some point. The actress is reprising so. the role of Mon Mothma. Yeah. So you're going to see a lot of that tissue that we saw just very briefly in Rogue One. But... Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're right. It draws focus away from what the show is maybe meant to be. And the difference between yeah, a like, cameo and a reoccurring role is substantial in storytelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The interesting part of this show is honestly that grassroots and seeing like how this war is affecting mm-hmm. the people on the planets, right? Like the people in the streets, so to speak. So as soon as you add the Jedi's to that, like that is the the heart and soul of Star Wars that's also what's going to draw the attention away mm-hmm. from that kind of more intimate storytelling. It could be. It could be. Yeah. So, so, Troy, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth yeah. Vader, I know you're in for for that show when it comes to the oh, Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi show. But having a Jedi move his way into Andor, does this increase your hype? Are you sitting on the, the side of Carlos here that this is a, a bit of a bait and switch? Like, come over to this side. We'll check this out. Maybe you'll get a you know an episode or two with Obi-Wan in it. What does it do for you? Well, yeah, I mean, if this happens, yeah, it definitely has me more excited because this has probably been this and the Rangers are probably my least most excited properties to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for me, uh, Cassian Andor, like the cool stuff about him, I think it was the the Rogue One book explains that he comes from a family of separatists. So I would have loved to see them touch more on like those kind of flashbacks of his upbringing, which I'm sure they probably would do in this show. But um Obi-Wan showing up in this show, I mean, like in a hologram form, would make a lot of sense just because his mm-hmm. relationship with, you mentioned, Bail Organa. I mean, it's like it's him and Yoda, basically, right? It's like those are the mm-hmm. three um, that have that connection at the end of Revenge of the Sith. So if we had like Bail having some kind of dialogue with Obi-Wan every now and then, that makes sense. I mean, we even see, I think we see Obi-Wan in Rebels a couple times mm-hmm. as a hologram hologram but i think that might just be the clip being played yeah. from order 66 um but we also do see in rogue one as well um bail talking to mom mothma as well being like should i get a hold of my jedi friend and he's well, no, she, about, she brings that up to him and says she what about your him, fr- right? what about Sorry. your friend the jedi 
That's right. That's she right. doesn't say Obi Wan. She just says your friend the Jedi. Yeah, so. but, but we know. We yeah. know it has to. It has to be Obi Wan, right? <laughs> of course. So yeah. I, yeah. So I, I. So I think the tissue's already there. So I mean, it's not a total shocker if he was to appear, but I just don't see him having a big, big role. I feel like if you're gonna have Obi Wan off world, it's not gonna be in a Cassian show. I think you would do that in. Yeah, his you have own to save show. that, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But I mean, it. it at the same time, too, if the hype level's uh, not quite there where they want it to be, and if you insert, hey, you and McGregor be popping up, that probably gets a little people's gets people's uh, attention a little bit more. I'm mm-hmm. um, interested in this in this show. So, Kanan and Ezra riding. Oh, see, <laughs> that's, I, that's to be honest with need. you, I, I like the idea of the shows being a bit more intertwined. Like, I think the Obi Wan show is going to have maybe set over a longer period of time where. Andor is probably set in a more finite time with, like you said, Trace and flashbacks to build his character. But the yeah. problem, even with both of these characters, is we kind of know where they end. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And in this era, there's no longevity beyond Rogue One, beyond A New Hope. And so it's cool to tell those stories, but the intrigue and the interest is going to be in the Mandalorian time frame. So it's hard. I think you have to do this to build equal amount of hype for both of these shows given where they're set the amount of comic books the amount of books rebels everything that's been set in that space and so you can do the major crossovers but you, you need some of those hooks so so carlos candido do you do you need to readjust your own personal headcanon to make this obi-wan story work inside of andor or e and obi-wan appearance we'll say at a minimum uh no i n- never really had the headcanon they, they kind of they did it for us in Rogue One, where they they they, they literally talk about him uh, without mentioning his name. But um, I think that there's there's some. I think J- Jimmy Smith's and um, is keeping him up to date with what's going on in the galaxy. So yeah. I, I think if 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 they're uh, you know trying to build a rebellion uh, on on the DL. <laughs> <laughs> and they 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 need to maybe recruit somebody or try to to get uh somebody to turn or and and Obi-Wan could be that person that lets them know <laughs> what they should do uh I don't think uh, it's going to be a recurring role if it if it is it's going to be end of one episode beginning of the next yeah. uh kind of bridge type thing um there's no value for me in bringing you and McGregor into that show um to delegitimize Diego Luna and and what they're trying to do on, on, in that aspect especially since Ewan McGregor has his own show mm-hmm. like if if there was no Obi-Wan project I'd say makes sense it makes yeah. total sense but seeing as how that he already has his own project uh and like you said it it, it most likely will have a you know maybe span probably 8 to 10 years period uh through the whole series so yeah i don't i don't think we need that hook in in that in this um uh, in in the andor series i i like the 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 whole um i've been in this fight since i'm six years old like (laughs) i i i i want to know you know what pushed him to that and and what he had to do and uh how many times did he have to kill someone um you know the the the, the infamous 
Corey's famous mercy killing at the beginning of Rogue One. <laughs> like, you know, like he he had to get pushed to to. And it, when you look at Cassian Andor at the beginning uh, in Rogue One, that guy has PTSD, man. Like yeah, that guy's he, been through some he's stuff, a, he's right? A broken dude. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. So like, it, it's gonna we're gonna see him at the beginning, and he might be bright eyed and bushy tailed, and um, you know, I think the 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 development of point A to end of Rogue One, like how they bridge that, I think that's where the drama mm. lies. And throwing in Obi Wan just to get people to watch, guess what? If you're a Star Wars fan and you have Disney Plus, uh, I would argue that if you're a Star Wars fan and you don't have Disney Plus, you're probably not a Star Wars fan. Um, <laughs> so you're gonna watch it regardless. Yeah. You don't need Ewan McGregor to be in the Andor show to watch it because the way they're doing stuff. Look, WandaVision, a week off, Falcon and Winter Soldier. There's no overlap there. You didn't have to choose one or the other. They're all there. You're going to watch it all. Yeah. So, um, and they're going to stagger it in a way that we were just chomping at the bit, waiting for the next series, the next episode to, to, to come. So I'm not, I'm not too, uh, uh, you know, maybe the announcement was a little bit too, maybe you know, drum up a little bit more uh, excitement for the series that's coming up. They're probably going to release a, um, or drop the, the release date soon. But I, I I don't smell much of a fire there of Obi-Wan having a huge role in this thing. Like, it's going to be minimal, uh, maybe mentioned in two two episodes. Yeah, I agree it's going to be minimal, but I think it, it speaks to their desire to have some of this more connected storytelling ultimately well, but it was already done it was already done in rogue one like we already con- they, they connected the two eras they connected uh they brought the jedi in um you know like we saw vader and we saw the other side of him trying to reach out to obi-wan which connects directly to episode four it's uh they, they've been doing it already so mm-hmm. yeah i, I agree with you it's just it's just in this space though and i think to that point, going beyond Return of the Jedi into the Mandalorian era, we're going to see even more of that. And mm-hmm. I think that form of storytelling is much more appropriate out here because you have a lot of more running room. You can tell a lot more Absolutely, stories yeah. that haven't been told. Mm-hmm. So we've got the Mando season yeah. one, season two, season three coming, the book of Boba Fett, like I said. We've got Ahsoka. And we've already got a promise that all these shows, plus the Rangers of the Republic, of the New Republic, are going to cross over into an Avengers style of tv show where you have all of these storylines coming to some head somewhere and a resolution coming out of that and even your avengers assemble type moment inside of star wars Mm. where theoretically you could have a good chunk if not all of your rebels characters in live action shoulder to shoulder again that's a very real possibility and that possibility became even more of a certainty i would almost say with this announcement or this rumor around the idea that Hera, Syndulla, is going to be replacing what was meant to be Cara Dune at the front of Rangers of the New Republic or Rangers of the Republic, whatever it is. And to be honest with you, we haven't spoke really much about Cara Dune, and we're not going to speak about much of it here, but I think this announcement in its whole, or this rumor, to me this plays better with Hera at the lead of this. You know, Cara Dune is Cara Dune, whatever. The character of Cara Dune, to me, was fine i i couldn't say that i wanted her leading a show but now you put Hera as the front runner for this show 
Troy, th- this has to change your tune on Rangers of the New Republic now that you're putting a Rebels alum into the pilot seat of this show. Oh, yeah. 100%, man. Before, um, uh, I guess I would just mention, too, we we're just talking about the Rangers, and it hasn't really been uh, really anticipated on my list for these new Star Wars shows that are coming up, um, whether it had Cara Dune in there or not. And I was actually a big fan of the Cara Dune character. But um, when you're telling me now that you got Harrison Dula involved, <laughs> I'm super on board. I love that family. Going back to Lords of the Sith with uh, Champs and Dula, Harrison Dula's um, father. Mm-hmm. Love that book, love that story, and I love that character. If we're getting Hera involved as well, coming off of the heels of Rebels, totally on board. We're probably going to see, or at least hear, some mentions of uh, Jason as yes. well, her son and Caleb's son, right? So this is a really cool move, but this makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know if this was ever in the works in the first place, if she was going to be involved along with Kara. I don't know, but like I said, you had me sold with Harrison Dula. I'm yeah. totally in. Yeah. So this is obviously then, you know, I don't know if the timeline is the five years after think so. the turn of the Jedi. So it's kind of lines up with Mando, I would imagine. Yeah, it's meant to all be, I think, in that same time frame, whether it's just after Mando season two or whatever they do, or maybe they span a year or two in the first season. Yeah. But eventually it's all going to meet some, like, I don't know if Thrawn's going to be the big bad that they meet at the end yeah. of all of this. But it's cool to well, think I hope you now get Eden that, too. What's that? Well, the Eden character from what's it? Uh, Eden from Battlefront yes. Two. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, Eden. 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 Right. Yeah. Like, like where's she been at? Because she would be around this time too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I man. Hope. For sure. And that actress, like the the actress, is basically based off of what she looks 100%, like. Hundred percent. Yeah. Mo in the game. So like, look. bring her in. Bring Chopper in, man. Like. Yeah. Oh, there's so much to it. do, and that 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 tease in Mando season two with Thrawn, and with that comes Ezra. And then Zeb's just sitting out there, right? Like there's yeah. there's so much you could do without a whole bunch of work putting into elaborate storytelling to get these characters across back over. Like a lot of this is fairly organic. So Mr. Candido, Hera. Yeah, man. You know, it's there's there's potential here. And I think like Troy was saying, and like I'm saying, this show in itself just got elevated several steps just with the notion that Hera could be part of it i i thought she was always going to be part of it and i don't think if she wasn't planned to be in the show i don't think you're going to take cara dune out and what you're going to replace a pawn with the queen like yeah like she was always going to be there and i think that the cara the cara dune news um a lot of it seems very overstated like I don't even know if she was in the plans to be in the show it was in specifically. A, I think it was an assumption based off of the way they left the character. Like, yeah. To be honest with you, I, I kind of agree with you. I didn't. I didn't ever get the notion that that would be a character that you would base an entire series around. No, she she might have been a character or a bit player, just kind of what she yeah. was in the Mandalorian. Like I I don't there's. There's no, you're not going to put $50 million on the back of Gina Carano to push a show that she didn't really make the Mandalorian better. She didn't make it worse, but she's just a supporting role character. So it's not an Ahsoka Tano, right? (laughs) That you're spinning. No, there's no. So I think a lot, all this stuff, all of it's been over, 
overplayed. And I'll be honest with you. I know you guys didn't want to, you don't want to talk about this, but Gina Carano getting fired. She wasn't fired for what she said on Twitter. She had a two-year contract that didn't get renewed because they didn't see the value in keeping her. And I think that they used the, they, I mean, Lucasfilm used the opportunity to, to just, you know, kind of push her head a little bit lower under the, you know, under the water um, when the decision had already been made that she wasn't going to be coming back in the first place. So I, I, I this, all this, this, and I, I'm a, you know, I believe in, 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 uh, you know, social justice and, 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 and doing the right thing. But I think that people globbing onto that whole thing and saying, Oh, Disney went, did this. And they did that because she said this. No, they didn't want her back. And this was just happenstance. I I, tr- I truly believe that, and and now having this news about Rangers, and if if you're gonna try to sell me that Cara Dune was the title character for Rangers of, of the New Republic, I don't want to watch the show because that they're, they're, they made a huge mistake already, and <laughs> like that's and I I trust that they know what they're doing, so um, yeah, I, I'm I was pretty sure that Hera would always be there, uh, and they probably just wanted to wait before releasing some information because you want to kind of always it's like a drip you know you want to you know you want to you want to get your fix a little bit right you don't you don't shoot it all (laughs) the only thing i question on that is why not make that statement up front like as you're announcing all this stuff it's the only one that was left out on its own like you've got ahsoka Mm. you've got mando you've got the book of boba fett that was announced like the week later with an end credit scene it's the only one that was left to, to just be a title like everything else yeah. had some some work some framework some foundation put to it this one just felt oddly void of that so carlos Hera- hold on just be- I, I, I can give you a reason why just sorry not to not to to stomp on on batman's uh batman's <laughs> time here but like i i would say the only reason why they they probably didn't bring it up before is because they weren't confirmed on a casting yet you don't want to say we're going to have Hera and not have, let's say, Vanessa Marshall sign on to, to play the role that she voiced. Or uh, if you're going to recast her. Like, I think maybe there's a little bit of that in play. Uh, I don't think it's anything sinister. But the, the character's the... bigger than any actress, right? And they, they re- yeah, technically Yeah, but they don't want to hedge their bets, right? I, it, just, it just felt odd to me that that show was left to... It, it probably had, like, it had the least work done around it. You know what I mean? Like the Rangers of the New Republic. You've got a couple of appearances from these dudes in X-Wings. And you've yep. got Cara Dune hinting at something. And that's the leap we all made was that there's going to be something there because that's the only thing that they did. They didn't tease it any further. They didn't They didn't really flush out what this was going to be. And maybe because mm-hmm. they don't know. They just have an idea, concept, and and working through it now to this point where it's like, okay, well, Hera, it seems like you said, it seems like the only choice yeah, to, to be a part of this. And it's the only thing that really makes sense as far as a, a lead character in a show like this and to have her leading the new Republic. It, it's pretty cool. And, and I think it, it does the work for you that maybe we we're just talking about that Obi-Wan could do, for an Andor series, it gives you a focal yeah. point in a character that's one beloved, two people want to see more of already, and and it's mm-hmm. available, and it hasn't had that that narrative drawn for her 
in this area yet. So, so Carlos, the goddamn Batman, brings bring some of your thoughts to Tahara here. I think it's cool. Like I, I agree with Candido that she was probably always in the plans. And but I think the reason that you didn't see a lot of work done on this one is because it was the most no brainer of mm-hmm. all the shows that they announced. Because through the Mandalorian, you knew exactly what that show was going to be. So you had the investigation being done by the the X wing pilots, right? And then they kind of took those steps to recruit Cara Dune. And I, I think Cara Dune's a cool character just for caster. And she's always going to be in the background. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Like, there's no way. Like, Gina Carano couldn't carry an episode of The Mandalorian. There's no way. they Like, Disney knows you can't hang a show on her. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Like, I, I think it's because it's the one that needed the least amount of sell to. Where it's just like, you know what this is going to be. And so you kind of have, like, the Mando, who's your bounty hunter and your outlaws kind of guy. And now we'll see what the the law of the land is doing and um, who your emerging bad guys are. That's going to lead to what the first order is, I assume. So I, th- I think that's why, like being the guy on the most, on the farthest of the outside of the Star Wars fandom and the deep cuts, if I could get it, I think they kind of appreciated mm-hmm. that everybody could get it type mm-hmm. of thing. So I think that's, that's why. And yeah, hair is cool, man. Like I, I know she has some appeal when, Troy decided to take that copy of Star Wars Squadrons off me when I said that she shows up. So <laughs> there it is. Well, it, it's exciting to see how this Disney Plus era of Star Wars is going to play out because this is the focal point of Star Wars storytelling for the the relative foreseeable future until we get to twenty three when we get a film at the end of that year. Maybe, maybe who knows what what that means with everything being pushed out and if they're going to see that compounding and knock on effect all the way into that film. But these are being actively shot right now, both and or and Obi-Wan. So we're going to see that and they're, they're not going to wait around to shoot all this Mando era stuff because it's hot. It's white hot right now and they need to get stars back, I think into a frame and into a space where there's a lot of goodwill and a lot of good gesture towards what they're producing and what they're putting out. And I'm excited for it. I'm here for it. No matter what it is, of course, like you said, Candido, you got Disney Plus, you're going to watch it. It doesn't matter. It's there. So, yep. guys, let's let's move on to our last topic for this week, and that is Zack Snyder's Justice League. This time next week, we're going to be we're going to be talking about our our prelude, our build, our final build towards Zack Snyder's Justice League, the 4-hour epic that's going to be put in front of us. It was put in front of some other people earlier this week if you're fans of Tom and Jerry, but we're here to talk about some of the last bits of promo going into this before the big reveal of the Snyder cut. It's, it's here, guys. We're on the doorstep, the literal doorstep. And if, if you want to have some fun building into that with us, tune into these next two episodes, but also go one episode back. And we threw out a Batman vs. Superman three-plus-hour-long commentary, a watch-along-style commentary, for myself, Carlos, and Sanjay walk through that film, the ultimate edition, I should say, in great amount of detail. We post some questions. And guys, look, it's not about hate. It's not about you know all the conjecture. This was a, a serious look at the film in its highs and its lows. You know, we, we didn't, this isn't a, a hate fest from Carlos and I about this film. This is a fair, critical look at the film as we're watching, as we're consuming it. And it's a lot of fun. And Sanjay, Sanjay loves it. So if you're looking for that, it's there. <laughs> so yeah. go check that out. 
And also, our friends on the Let's Go podcast did yes. a Man of Steel one. So go check out Justin and Matt. And yeah, that's a that'll take up your week, really. Yeah, it's you like could seven just listen hours to those two podcasts. They're so freaking long. And then just turn on the Snyder Cut. Yeah, there you go. You've got an unbelievable amount of, of content to consume over the next week or so to build into that. Because both of those films are the, not prequels, but the films that build into it. So they, they set the scene for what we're going to see. And Zack Snyder's Justice League, as we're going to see it next week, is the sequel to, or the proper sequel to, Batman vs. Superman, The Ultimate Edition. So as we're building this, and as this hype engine is really kicking into high gear, we're starting to see a lot of promos, a lot of teasers, and we're also starting to see some of the merch, which I think has got the boys here pretty excited. But let's talk about some McFarlane toys here, Carlos and Troy. You boys, Carlos especially, is not missing out on any of these McFarlane toys thus far. And I can't imagine these figures are going to stay off of either of your shelves. So, Carlos, being the, the completest right now in McFarlane, <laughs> you know, we've got, what is it, eight figures teed up yeah. to be coming in June, I believe, of this year. Eight figures and variants. Oof. One, it's like they, they target marketed us because it's like there was those sneak shots and nothing official from McFarland Toys, but they were pretty official looking pictures. And um, yeah, people were getting sniffs of them here and there. And Amazon in the US put up a couple listings. But then who brings the heat and has proper listings with HD shots of the figures? Freaking Amazon Canada of all places. <laughs> so... It was like, shoot, Troy, they they want us, man. Uncle Todd, he's like, I got to take care of my boys. So, yeah, here we go, man. Uh, the line, it, it's pretty cool. Like, I think the only figure I don't love is Aquaman. His face is a little, yeah, it's a bit rough. It's a little off. But um, the way that they designed his buck to complement the costume and its designs was pretty cool. And, man, like... That Steppenwolf figure, oh, it's off the charts. Huge. Like the yeah, it's massive. The detail in that thing is insane, and Cyborg looks on point, and the Flash, just a killer version of the Flash. But uh, for me, all I pulled the trigger on was Batman. That was uh, whoa. I had to, I had to start small, and I gotta admit, like I, not to bury the lead, but like, I don't want to get stuck with a bunch of merch if I end up hating this movie kind of thing. Right. So it's like, you can't look at that Steppenwolf and not know exactly where it's from. So yeah, I just, I pulled the trigger on, on Batflick. He's my boy. And that's a killer looking figure. And like, for now I'm going to commit to that Batflick and I got to hunt down the blue costume Superman. But if this movie knocks my socks off, like they'll all be there. Mm -hmm. Even, even cyborg with the armored head, man, a over E action figures over ego. Like <laughs> you got, you've got you one to just make it happen. You've got one for everybody. <laughs> well, so I, I will say this is the most comprehensive movie line I have ever seen on a set of figures in a single set of figures. No Marvel legend MCU, I don't know about anything before. I've never seen something where they didn't bleed this across three waves and have one of these. I don't know if one of these is a Build-A-Figure, but I shouldn't be surprised with what McFarlane has been bringing. You guys have been chronicling for the better part of a year now 
that we're getting such a comprehensive line for this film. And even like the dark side looks crazy good. I, mm-hmm. I, I just can't believe the scale of some of these. So, so Troy, did you show that same restraint that the goddamn Batman did? Or did you go uh, a bit deeper with your, with your pre-orders today? No, man, I'm on the same page as, uh, as Bruce. Bruce over here. <laughs> um, no, he hit me the link, the Amazon link. And right away, that Affleck, man, give it to me. Give it to me now. I uh, pre-ordered that guy. Uh, I'm hoping I don't know when, but I'm hoping we do get like his uh, his traditional suit sometime sometime down the road. But um, Superman, I need that blue suit, Superman. It's a Target exclusive. Uh, Carlos mentioned, gotta find that guy, man. Um, everything else, I'm kind of going off of inbox in hand when I mm-hmm. see them. So Aquaman, yeah, he he he's a little rough in the face. He needs some work. So hopefully he turns out a little bit a little better in person. But uh, the cyborg. Definitely going to grab him. Even the Flash. And the Flash is like my least favorite character in the Justice League. And um, he looks great. The figure looks great. So if I see that guy in hand, man, I'm going to have to pick it up. Uh, Carlos and I already have the Wonder Woman, obviously, because she was released for the 84 movie. So that's kind of cool to already have one figure, at least out of the Justice League. Um, Darkseid, though. Darkseid looks amazing, that villain. Um, I don't know if it's two different figures or he just comes with a removable like armor piece, like the chest. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen one with the blue armor, and I've seen one without it. Either way, though, I need that dark side. I don't really collect the McFarlane villains. I only have maybe Deathstroke. Um, but I gotta, I gotta get my hands on this guy on that dark side. Looks amazing. He's so immense. Like that, yeah. the Superman figure only comes up to the bottom of the rib cage is insane to me. <laughs> it's, that's nuts. The amount of plastic that's gone into these, and McFarlane hasn't shied away from that at a price point that is reasonable <clears throat> as well. Mm-hmm. Which, can't beat it and you no. you have to imagine that there's a subsequent and second wave coming with all the nightmare stuff with your joker your batman deathstroke uh, the mira i believe like there's got to be yeah. a second wave coming there right well, we well, have Tim, to have a nightmare batman. we live in a society yes we do so <laughs> th- th- those figures are going to be coming yes the joker yeah it's, it's coming that it's going to be interesting to see what they do <clears throat> But as we roll through this ever so slowly building hype train, you know, we've, we've got all these, these little teasers that have been put out that have been showcasing all six of our main characters, including Darkseid. But alongside of that, Snyder himself and HBO Max have been releasing a few more tidbits about how this movie is going to be laid out in front of us. And, and some of that comes in the form of chapter titles. I don't know if these were meant to initially be a 45-minute episode or what have you, or if these are meant to be some breaks that we have in this where a black screen goes up, we move into a new chapter. It's like a book or like a TV show that gives everyone time to to breathe and break over the course of this four-hour film. Now, I want to talk about these, these chapter titles and... To be honest with you, some of them are, you're, I'm okay, they make sense, and others, they're kind of a bit subjective. They're a bit out there. So part one is called, Don't Count on It, Batman. Part two is called, The Age of Heroes. Part three is, Beloved Mother, Beloved Son. Part four is, Change Machine. Part five is, All the King's Horses. Part six, Something Darker. Now, six here makes sense. You got six members of the Justice League. Maybe each one of these individual chapters has some focal character in it so some streamline through it but but carlos goddamn batman walk me through some of your thoughts 
on these chapter titles and if they are just titles to to put a break into this or if they actually mean something more substantial for what we're going to see in the film that follows each one of these title cards. I think they definitely give you a hint as to what each of those segments of the film is going to be. And I think they're actually a pretty good idea given mm. how long the the event is like four hours, four and a half hours. Like you can sit down and do that once, but the vast majority of people aren't going to be able to revisit this film in a single sitting on a regular basis kind of thing. Right. So going forward, like if you can break it down via the chapters and those title cards and use those as quasi episodes, I think that's pretty cool. Like the don't count on it, Batman. I imagine like, I think Aquaman actually says a line like that in the, theatrical cut so that's probably all those rejections that he's getting mm-hmm. and then things like the beloved mother beloved son probably is the cyborg portion of it where you get to see his origin and the relationship he had with his mother her death how that affects him who he becomes age of heroes is going to be your history lesson probably yeah and that'll be diana focused and then the only one, like, I'm down with it all, except for ending on something darker. And it's like, man, I, I said this the first podcast we had when this thing got announced. Just do this triumphant, joyous, amazing, best superhero team-up movie that has ever been put to film version of this. And you're way further along than doing any kind of cliffhangery weird stuff with it and hoping on a small group of people beating the drum to get subsequent films made like it should be the whole world because you've done such a good job Mm -hmm. saying like dude we want more of this so that's the only one that i'm kind of like like maybe if it's just a nightmare sequence that you could in your head cannon saw off and um it's something else and something that could potentially happen but the movie doesn't necessarily mandate that it happens that's I, i could live with that but based on his comments about a cliffhanger and just that that title, like I, I was, a, I was with it all as I'm reading them. I'm like, one, two, three, four, five. Oh man, you do this to me every time. I just want to love you. Yeah, and, and you keep just pushing me away. It's funny that you say that too, because you read through these, and as you you nicely broke down, each one has likely a Justice League member focal point. All the mm-hmm. King's horses, it speaks to the assembling, if I can use that word, of the Justice League, and likely your fight against Steppenwolf. Something darker, my first intuition was that, yeah, that is the nightmare scene. But then Snyder recontextualized some of this. He was on Beyond the Trailer, a podcast or an interview, and he said that there's actually a seventh chapter, a 20-minute epilogue after chapter six, that was titled A Father Twice Over. So I don't know, is that cyborgs? I don't know exactly what that means, but... It seems odd to me to end with your nightmare sequence. Like it's almost like a 20, 30 minute long end credit stinger, right? Where mm-hmm. you're filling in some of that gap. And I think that's where a lot of his reshoots were. So like, yeah, you can see the movie in the first five parts based off of the skeleton that we have from what the theatrical cut was. And then some of the additional scenes that we're seeing layered in here from the original trailers and from some of this teaser material that we've seen. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it ends. Like Troy, 
do you, do you take much away from these chapters and, and what are your thoughts on this ending potentially darker? Um, no, I mean, basically what Carlos kind of brought up there makes quite a bit of sense to me. And if uh, I hope they kind of go that route, because actually makes sounds pretty good. Um, the end though, there I'm, I'm a sucker for darkness, man. I mean, <laughs> looking into that, um, I don't know, that storyboard of his part two and two a, whatever the case was. We're going to get um, into it. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, there's mentions though, of like an empire strikes back kind of ending. And I'm a sucker for something like that. So if you're giving me an ending like that, I'm, I'm all there for it. It's, it's, it's cool. We, we, we've had so many cool movies and superhero films that have ended on high notes. And, um, I'm, I'm all for it right now to see something a little little darker, a little edgier. But I also want to see them get back to the right place where they need to be. Yeah. You know, so. And that I'm epilogue could very much do that. Like a 20-minute exactly. sequence after a 40-minute nightmare sequence could do that. It could reframe the position of these characters. It seems narratively a bit jumbled up to me. And I yeah. think that was some of the issues with Batman vs. Superman. As you can hear in our commentary, I'm confused through a good chunk of that movie. But but let's wait and see. Now, before before we get into this Justice League Part 2, Part 2A, I, I want to do two things. I want to give Mr. Candido a minute here <laughs> to, to bring some of his thoughts to Zack Snyder's Justice League. And just remember, Candido's a guest, and his voice does not represent everything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a great caveat. Uh, no, man. He, he's sitting in Sanjay's chair. What, whatever he says is... It's Sanjay. It's canon. Yeah. It's Sanjay canon. So what are your thoughts uh, on this? I'm, I'm just going to... I'm going to rewind a little bit and I'm going to say that I love Man of Steel. Uh, I, I really enjoy that movie. I, um, I didn't get a lot of... Uh, when... Uh, Batman versus Superman came out. Uh, I saw it on opening weekend. I actually reviewed it uh, with my uh, my podcast back in the day. And uh, I didn't get why there was so much hate for the movie. Um, yeah, there were things that could have been done better. Uh, but, uh, I mean, at a certain point, it's like you just got to accept what, what you're getting. And, uh, and I still think that what they did... BVS didn't make Justice League suck. Justice League made Justice League suck. <laughs> so, uh, um, so I'm I'm cool. I'm cool with uh, with uh, Batman versus Superman. And and just letting you guys know, I actually have it in my queue for the for my podcast. Nice. Uh, my my podcast listening tomorrow. I didn't have the time today, but uh, when I saw it was three hours, I was like, "Ooh, you guys are you guys are going into Cardo's territory." But uh, no, it was um, as far as the Justice League. Like, I'll be honest. Like before the 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 this, I I said I would never watch the Snyder the Snyder cut, and I probably won't. But I'm gonna give Justice League movie another shot, um, which is more than I could say for Aquaman and Shazam. <laughs> so, um, I'm I'm gonna do it just just to see if. If I, I was the problem, or it was really what they what they put on screen, um, and then that's gonna determine whether or not I watch the Snyder cut mm -hmm. at all, because I don't think that movie could be saved. Honestly, I saw it, I I saw it, and I was like, when is this thing gonna finish? <laughs> like it, th there was very little 
good in that movie and uh, you you wanted i wanted to get more background and better idea of the supporting characters and uh, they, they tried to cram in four mcu movies into like the first half of justice league and it just it was <laughs> it was a whiff to me, it was a whiff to me yeah so um but i'm not the biggest justice league fan i'm not the biggest uh a dc fan although i i i'm a huge fan of what uh, uh chris nolan did uh with batman and i love what todd phillips did with the joker and i think if they want to do a lot of one-offs like that man do it just do it yeah. it's it, it's great right um but c- coming to, the question was what specifically about about the uh, about the chapters or no, just, just about... a bit your thoughts on on the whole the whole thing what we're building into here because you haven't had an opportunity yeah. to kind of really voice much of that and it seems that yeah. to be honest with you i'm going to say this like based off of what you just said there watch the center cut i think so i think watch it In, instead of the justice instead league, of the, the justice league cut. I, I don't think your experience is going to change very much with revisiting justice league but if you have you're, you're actually a lot more favorable towards batman versus superman that i anticipated you were going to be to be honest with you mm-hmm. and if you liked man of steel and you can and you had a reasonable time with batman versus superman i'd say going to the snyder cut because it's probably going to pick up more threads of those two movies than the justice league movie ever will okay right the justice league movie in my opinion it, it's a a wb course correct like they're trying to put something back and it's more a, of an ip a narrative and a a long-term view of what they and where they wanted their properties to go their ips to go mm. as opposed to this where it's likely going to be based off these chapters based on what we've seen all the discussion online it's likely going to be an world story and it's mm-hmm. going to pick up on the threads from batman versus superman the ones we talked about in the commentary and maybe iron out some of that confusion too so I, I'd, I'd okay. say watch it. I'd say, you know, you got Crave, you got whatever, you got four hours, watch it. Okay, so I, I will commit to is. watching the Justice League if Sanjay gets Disney+. Plus. Oh my, so you're never going to watch Justice League. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it as much of a fair shot as Sanjay does with Disney+. Plus. And if he does that, I'll watch it. The same day as I, if I get the confirmation that he subscribed with his email, I'll, I'll watch Justice League that day. There it is. There it is. Sanjay, it rests on your shoulders. And as the man with the largest flag to wave for Zack Snyder's Justice League, I think you could probably commit to about nine bucks to uh, <laughs> to, to, to put Candido in front of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Another set of eyeballs onto it. But. Well, I'm gonna pirate it though. I'm not. I'm not gonna pay for it. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll come out straight. And say, they're not. They're not getting a cent from me. <laughs> I said I'd watch it. I didn't say I'd pay for it. This. This is true. <laughs> we do not condone that. But let's let's talk about let's let's talk about. <laughs> I gotta get in there. Let Let's talk about where this could have gone. I'm, I'm gonna hand the reins of this podcast right now over to the goddamn Batman. And we're gonna oh. we're gonna look a little bit now. Spoilers for Zack Snyder's Justice League here, because we're gonna talk about a I think it was at a Dallas convention of some sort or display where there was 
a whole bunch of text on what Snyder's vision was pre mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman, I believe. Now Carlos contextualized some of this as to what Justice League one, two, two A, two B, whatever it was going to be. And so some of the stuff we're going to talk about might actually have found its way into what we're going to see next week in Zack Snyder's Justice League. But but Carlos, enlighten us a little bit as to, to what this is, this sequel, in air quotes, I will say. And and let's let's talk about some of the crazy stuff that's inside of it. Yeah, so what we're talking about is at uh, basically a Zack Snyder's Justice League display that's in downtown Dallas, Texas, uh, to kind of celebrate the movie. And I think it's actually being used as a bit of the uh, location for their launch party or as much of one as you can have in current circumstances uh, is going to be. And in this display is a series of whiteboards that has what the original vision was for Justice League 2 and 2A is what they're labeled as. So there's so much stuff here. At a minimum, it was going to be Justice League two and three and the reason tim threw the spoiler tag on there was that originally so before batman versus superman opened and it had the fate that it did the original conceit was that Zack snyder was going to walk in and he was going to direct two justice league movies somewhat back to back Justice League one and two and then the followed a BBS came they delayed production by just a few weeks uh Jeff Johns and John Berg were parachuted in to help with rewrites and a reworking of the script and to basically take what they were going to do over two movies and pare it down to one different movie and that one different movie is what Snyder shot largely and even that movie ended up being reworked into the theatrical cut that we saw so that's a bit of the history there but um yeah, these whiteboards, they're pretty cool to kind of see how far this thing was going to go. And they had some pretty cool, like all the big players were involved. Like Jim Lee did the art and from Snyder's mouth himself, he was throwing out the ideas. I imagine Chris Terrio being the other writer on this thing. And it was Jeff Johns that was writing it down on the whiteboard kind of, kind of deal. And yeah, they go through what their vision was. And, yeah, I don't know. We all gave it a read, and it's kind of interesting where they took it. I don't know how you were supposed to do other movies Mm -hmm. in between this thing and even how you're supposed to do movies after it, but it certainly was, quote-unquote, Zack's vision. I'll give you that much. So kind of starts off in the wake of BVS and... We have Lois Lane and Bruce Wayne having a burgeoning romance and they're doing some investigating into a few things going on behind the scenes. That's the precursor to uh, the new gods or the apocalypse side of the new gods coming to invade Earth. And the folks that are trying to facilitate that are Lex Luthor and his um, Legion of Doom or they actually call them the Injustice Gang in this, which included the Riddler and Dr. Maru from Wonder Woman, who's been in hiding and was using poisons to keep herself alive. And it included both Ocean Master and Black Manta, which was interesting. And they were going to spin out of uh, Jason Momoa's Aquaman movie. And yeah, it basically 
has Bruce kind of form in the league because he has these nightmare visions and one of the visions is Wonder Woman having to kill Superman in this God of War armor and uh, all sorts of other crazy stuff. And him and Lois are kind of on the hunt for Lex Luthor and they end up tracing him down to, I think it was Canada, to be honest with you. So <laughs> they end up in Canada, the Riddler... He's basically that same Jim Carrey Riddler that we see at the end of Batman Forever where he's nuked his brain and he's like, too many questions. There's just too many questions. And and he's all wigged out because he's been messing around with the anti-life equation and has actually figured it out. So he discloses this to Batman and Lois Lane, ends up shooting himself, and Darkseid shows up on Earth knowing that the anti-life equation has been uh, unlocked. And so Darkseid comes to Earth <laughs> and he invades the Batcave where Lois and Bruce are having a very intense conversation and he doesn't allow her to speak. And in doing so, kind of sets up things for a nightmare sequence or movie or whatever because Darkseid invades the Batcave and ends up nuke and Lois Lane Superman shows up just a little bit too late and Darkseid ends up infecting him with the anti-life equation thus giving us the evil Superman who is running rampant all over the place and we have a nightmare world who the Green Lantern shows up to then help out and try and save everyone and the nightmare world that we have it's kind of similar to what we have teased in Zack Snyder's Justice League where you've got the Flash, you've got Batman, you've got Cyborg, Mera, but instead of the Joker, you have the Green Lantern running around and they end up setting up this all-out assault and they need to get to like a, a cosmic treadmill basically so that the Flash can go back in time and warn Bruce to tell him that he needs to save Lois Lane, which is what that whole... Bruce, she's the key. Lois Lane is the key sequences from. So they do this assault. Superman ends up coming. He ends up blowing off Hal Jordan's arm, killing all of them, impaling Batman on a kryptonite spear. But Barry goes back to deliver the message. And what the message was, was that Bruce had knocked up Lois Lane and he needed to listen to her <laughs> in the past because then he would be compelled to make the sacrifice when Darkseid shows up. So you do this time rewind and it's just like when Christopher Reeves did it, except without the hope, joy, and optimism, <laughs> basically Batman with this <laughs> kryptonite spear up his ass coming out of his mouth. Ouch. Flash shows up. He tells Bruce that uh, he's knocked up Lois Lane. So then when Darkseid shows up in the new timeline or in the past again, Batman, with the knowledge that he has to save Lois because she's carrying his child, jumps in front of the Omega Beams, he gets nuked. Superman then shows up in time to save Lois, but because of being empowered by Batman's sacrifice this time, the anti-life equation can't take hold of him, and Superman beats up on Darkseid, and then that 
makes a beacon of hope and the entire world rallies together and the world is the Justice League fighting together and the Green Lantern Corps comes and it's basically Earth versus Apocalypse and the Jacksons come and they're singing Can You Feel It? <laughs> and they knock Darkseid all the way back to Apocalypse and then Superman and Lois have conversation and he's like you had sex with bruce and she's like how do you know and he's like you're pregnant and we didn't have sex yet and Dang. well i'm going to oh yeah and that's the other thing so superman is resurrected but he decides that he's not clark kent anymore because he needs lois to carry batman's baby before he's inspired to be clark again and that's how the odyssey was supposed to end so I'm glad we don't have Sanjay here to talk about wanting to see the beautiful tree of Zach's five film vision. And I will gladly hand the reins over to Sanjay. Why don't you give us your thoughts on what the follow-up films to Zack Snyder's Justice League were supposed to be initially? Yeah, man. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, man. Oh shoot, shoot! Oh, I I don't know about you guys, <laughs> but I found myself thoroughly confused by oh. what was going on there. Yeah, yeah, I was a little shell shocked. Like I I grabbed those pictures when I could get them, and I had them on my phone, and I took my daughter to dance class, and I I read them twice, mm -hmm. and it there's a lot of whiteboards to read. And then somebody else typed them yeah. out when all the cease and desist orders came out. And I read the typed out version of them. And clearly, based on like how I tried to trot through them, even with the sweet Jim Lee art as visual cues, man, there's a lot of stuff yeah, in and, there to and, try and put forth. And two, like the thing about this, we guys, we understand that this was a vision at one point and it's not what it's going to be, and there's no chance this is going to be the follow-up to Zack Snyder's Justice League. But it is interesting seeing the thought process that went into this contained version of the Justice League and some of your most important characters in DC. When I look at this, one, it, it requires a foundation of other movies. Like, you would had to have introduced... Aquaman and his villains and Batman and the Riddler and all this stuff right before. So it was predicated on the fact that there was a more MCU approach to the DC extended universe. And the fact that you would have needed a lot of films to build into this, to give you the ability to, to yank all these villains out and create your injustice gang and all that. But the other thing that it highlights to me when I'm looking at this from 30,000 feet is that, it's extremely ambitious and it's difficult. And I said this during our commentary, it feels like a, a great trade of a comic book where you can do whatever you want. You can put these characters in any situation you want. You can give the visual cues and this in a comic book space works. Like I think something like this could work. This is, we've all made these jumps before in comic books we've read, but you put this mm -hmm. in front of, the, the set of eyes, the general population. And that's where you run into problems. 
and I hear this and I, I still see that is that they're taking a comic book. I know we're, wa- we're watching comic book movies, but you can't take a comic book and make it a film. You have to adapt aspects of it and fill in the gaps with things that the general audience can get on board with. They can get behind, they can understand in a single viewing. And mm-hmm. that, that to me is the most striking thing out of all of this. It's, Yes, there's the, the Bruce and Lois connection is is wild and some of the work that they do in between is crazy and the nightmare and the back and forth and all that. I, and I, I can't criticize time travel because Endgame did it, right? And I love that. But what this whole thing, like I said, does is it makes me abundantly aware of a, a single vision like this is dangerous for the, the IP that they have or they they were using in this this is your most valuable ip and it's difficult for someone like me to even follow what is going on and plus you set yourself up for like what do you do next your your batman's gone at the end of all this you've left yourself with a trade that starts and finishes with issue one and ends with issue six no his son would be batman begin beyond at the end of it yeah, man. For me, it's just like I totally understand why Warner Brothers like hit the brakes. Like, that's good IP management. Mm-hmm. It looks terrible in the public eye, but you look at what this bleak, crushing vision of these heroes did in BVS, which by comparison was Mary Poppins, and you look at the public reception of that, and you look at that second weekend drop, and most importantly, you look at the opening weekend for Justice League. Because the studio, every single actor and actress, and all of the marketing, all the trailers, everybody who walked into that theater opening weekend did so under the impression that Zack Snyder had had directed this film Mm -hmm. and this was his movie. Because nobody knew what was actually going on until a few people had seen the movie and the discourse started kind of thing. And the opening weekend for that movie was abysmal. And the sequel will always suffer for the sins of its predecessor. And that tells you exactly what the general public thought of mm-hmm. BVS. So if that didn't work for that movie, you can't do like a series of two or three or four movies in that same tone and tenor and spend hundreds of millions of dollars on them and expect the audience to be loving you and be with you by the time you get to the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, to me, it all comes down to IP management. It's not about mm-hmm. dosing a creative or anything like that. It's about protecting the IP. And you know, you might not want to hear that. You might just want to see whatever's cool, but unfortunately, it's a business too, right? And so I'm super interested in Troy's thoughts on, on this wild odyssey. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, we're sunny. We're sunny. <laughs> Listen, um, for me, I can't, because I haven't seen the movie, right, for this. There's no movie. So I can't judge it on what the movie would have been. Mm-hmm. But as a story, minus the Bruce and Lois thing, which is, I mean, there's worse. It could be Bruce and Batgirl, right? I mean, we've seen how that's gone down. But <laughs> yeah. um, I think this is awesome. I think this is absolutely awesome. Like Tim mentioned, the trade, this is definitely like a trade uh comic book that's just like killer cool it's um like the the things that are cool these days is like uh deceased injustice the games one and two these kind of dark 
twists on like the DC characters. And I think this this movie or whatever this was here, this these storyboards, I think they nail it. I, I love the idea of time travel. I think the time travel aspect, they killed it. How you have to like you have to wait a year until we can go back to the exact moment where we can get in uh, get in conversations with Bruce to let him know what's going on. Like the like the smarts behind the time travel I thought was really, really cool. The importance of the time travel was really cool. The stakes were super high. Like when the Justice League members are all getting whacked. And it's only left to Flash, basically, left to go back in time while, like, Bruce has or Batman has the uh, the Kryptonite staff going at it with um with Superman. I, I thought it was just really kind of cool. Like, the, the League is getting wiped out. My only thing is, is I feel like this would have been a lot better if this was, like, Justice League, like, 4 or 5 or 3 4, like, way later on. Yeah. This coming off of Justice League 1 is here. way too early. But, um... I really thought the idea of, like, too, like, Lex making his own, like, Injustice, uh, like, crew, but they're taking out the other members, and Aquaman's down, uh, Wonder Woman's down, because she's been poisoned, like, Themyscira's been all poisoned by Westerface and Wonder Woman. Um, oh, Dr. Maru, yeah. Dr. Maru, I thought there's some really neat things, but that whole, uh, the Bruce and Lois thing, for me, it's, like, not even bad, it's just, like, why? Like, why mm-hmm. did you have to go that route? Um, Superman kind of being distant from Clark, I think, is an interesting take. But as long as you get him back to being Clark, which they, they seem to do that somehow in this this, this screenplay. But uh, I kind of think that's interesting because, I mean, a character like Superman coming back to life um, who is now just accepting basically himself being just Kal-El and no longer being the human Clark and just distancing himself away from that, I thought it was kind of neat. But ultimately, finding back the balance between both was, was kind of cool. Um, the end battle scene with, like, the whole world coming together is a little hokey i mean we i guess we just saw it in wonder woman 84 which is kind of cheesy but um and then the green lantern introduction like i love the whole point where like the justice league loses flash goes back in time and then we get now like that whole post-apocalyptic world with nightmare batman and flash and flash is like dragging like the bag of like the half cyborg and these guys are like just like down like it's over and then it's like five years later and then we get the opening of, I guess, part two or part three with uh, Green Lantern's ship crashing. I was like, that's freaking awesome. That is really, really cool. And then Batman's the one to, like, encounter him. And then they basically fill each other in on what's going on and just how important it is to take out Darkseid because this guy is, like, a virus affecting the whole world. I felt like the threat of Darkseid was, like, no joke. Like, this guy is bad, bad news. And I don't know. Just as a story alone, I thought it was really cool. Just like I said, the only thing I didn't really like was the Lois and Bruce thing. And like the 20 year later jump to Bruce's son becoming the next Batman. I thought that was a little weird. <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to do. And, I, and obviously it looked like they're just trying to like, they're just ending the whole franchise. I don't think they're trying to build off a franchise with this, whatever they're doing. <laughs> but I got to say the story, uh, the story had me really, really interested. Yeah. yeah it's. I think if you do other movies, mm-hmm. And you're in a position where, like, you have a bunch of audience goodwill and they're willing to go with you. And I hate to draw the comparison, but you couldn't have done Infinity War where you did Age of Ultron. No. Right? And that's kind of what they were trying to do here. In fact, they were trying to do it even before that. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't wipe these characters out without the audience caring about them. Mm-hmm. But I think I think at this point, like, because... We know, like, Aquaman was whatever, Cyborg, whatever. But everybody knows who Wonder Woman is. Everybody knows who Batman is. Everybody knows who Superman is. 
and most of the people know who Flash is clearly too, especially with the, the CW show. So when you're seeing these characters die before you, I think there's some importance behind it, and there's some weight to it, and there's character connections and audience connections to these characters that are like, damn, like we just lost them. And for the movie to end on that note, which is like something we we've seen before, obviously with Infinity War, we've seen everyone get snapped, and then we got to wait a year until like the next movie, and everyone comes back. But I think there's some something kind of special about that. I think I agree with the concept, but yeah. I also agree with with Carlos that if you had done the snap at Avengers one, there wouldn't have been gasps in the theater, especially no, for Hawkeye's no. family dying in that. No, like, well, that's what I'm saying. This should have been like yeah, a that, that's yeah, not yeah. Fully agree with yeah. you there that take yeah. some of this concept and move it out ten years. Yeah, and I think you could you could do this. You can execute something on this scale and this elaborate and complex, but to have that emotional commitment to these characters after one film, like who do like would you have cared that much about Thor after Thor one? getting like, torn in half by by Thanos. I, I think that no. that the whole idea and concept that of running before you can walk really applies here. Is you're sprinting towards a climactic crescendo of a film universe before you've done any of the legwork to getting people to buy into why this is so important. And so your comments about this being just sort of League Four or Five, yeah. After you've spent a trilogy with a couple of these these characters, after you spent a one crossover, like I'm not trying to lay out the exact MCU, but I think the reason that the effect of Infinity War and the start of Endgame and even the five year jump was because everyone was so heavily invested in these characters. And you can argue, yeah, we only spent one movie with Black Panther, but that was that was a phenomenon of a movie. But man, look at the opening weekend for Endgame. That shows you how much people were invested and cared about the characters. Yeah. Because it's like, I need to find out as soon as I can how Captain America and the remaining Avengers solve this problem kind of mm. thing, right? So, yeah, man. It, you got to build that audience goodwill. And yeah. But that's been their problem for a while, though, yeah. right? Even before this storyboard. It's been their problem since BBS. Mm-hmm. Not Man of Steel, but BBS. Because from BBS, that's when they basically did the Iron Man 2. But they kept doing the Iron Man 2 after. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> when you talk about the goodwill, like getting, you know, you have to write the characters properly. And, and yeah, Black Panther was a phenomenon, but would it have had the emotional um, complexity if not for Civil War? I, I, I don't know. Right? Because we we lose T'Chaka. We lose... Uh, you see, like the, the the character arc of 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 the Black Panther, like going after revenge, and then seeing how it consumes mm-hmm. Zemo, and and him choosing not to do that, and uh, so yeah, when we get to Black Panther, there's already a character development that that happened yes, before true. that, and and we 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 get none of that. In in well, we get a little bit with Man of Steel, and and um, they they play a little bit on that um, in in Batman versus Superman. But yeah, when I when I I mean I have to thank Carlos for doing the for doing the hard work of 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 uh, <laughs> putting the the, <laughs> the whole synopses uh, together and uh, uh, sending me that link. And 
uh, kind of like you guys, I was confused that the more and more I read, uh, the more and more confused I was. And the less and less confused I was as to why they wanted to mm. take the reins away from Snyder in the first place. So um, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, um, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be an adult about it. <laughs> I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> I'm going to give it a shot. But um, to me what this, honestly, I'll be honest, what this really looks like to me is um, every draft put together. It, it doesn't yeah. seem like one coherent thing. It seems like, okay, we could have done this and we could have done that. And we could have done this and could have done that. And then they just slammed it all together and said, this is what the justice league franchise could have looked like. And uh, so it didn't seem like it had a, a, a real cohesive journey. Like there was, there was, it just, it just, and it's not about the time travel. It's not about like I'm I'm on, I'm on board with you. If they did it, it, they did it well in Infinity War and uh, War or in Endgame. Like they could have done mm -hmm. it well here too. I just didn't see that at all. And obviously, it's hard to when you're yeah. reading stuff in point form, and and trying to uh, you know try to I don't know if the ideas were actually even made sequentially, and then you're gonna have to like piece like piecemeal that whole thing together. Not easy at all um but yeah there are some killer ideas but i mean the lois and bruce thing uh, you lost me there i'm sorry you just it's just <laughs> i can't i cannot abide by that yeah. what are they gonna name the baby martha like it, it's <laughs> it's gotta stop somewhere man <laughs> yeah it, it's it's so hard when you when you look at this and i i have to do i have to frame this that you know we're not trying to, to criticize what was or what could have been, like you said, a, a piecemeal composition or amalgamation of a bunch of random thoughts. But ultimately, it does shine a little light on, I think, at a minimum. The, the grander scale of what he had in mind. Yeah, no, I agree with and, that. And why WB may have slammed the brakes on everything yeah. the way it was progressing, especially after the reception of, of Batman versus Superman. But nonetheless, there's a good comic book in there. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good comic book. At best, an animated show. But I think Zack Snyder's Justice League is the the farewell song to mm -hmm. this vision kind of thing. And yeah. onward. And the man himself has we'll said see. that there, money talks. There's, there's no yeah, money talks. But the man himself <laughs> has said there's no plans to to follow up here. That is Zack Snyder in his uh, his tour de promo over the last few weeks. But nonetheless, I, I think. Sonny would agree with you, Troy, that, that money talks, and we'll see how this does here in a couple of weeks. We'll see what this does for HBO Max. we see what it does for the reception of this universe as a whole. And who knows? Who really knows what the future holds for this universe? So, guys, we're going to keep our finger on the pulse here. we got one more week to build into Zack Snyder's Justice League, as well as, continuing on with the MCU and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there is an absolute pile of things to continue to talk about guys we didn't even talk about superman and lois this week we'll get to that next week we had a lot to get through it's a bit longer podcast and it's been an absolute pleasure having our good friend carlos candido on the pod to break some of this news down with us and have some fun talking about collecting about lego about star wars and Zack Snyder's justice league so carlos thank you so much for coming on and why don't you let everyone who's listening know where they can find you all the work that you're doing 
Thanks, guys, man. It was a it was a real pleasure to jump on the show. I li- I listen every week, and uh, it's uh, it's fun to sit here and and uh, talk to you guys for a couple of hours. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, so to uh, all the uh, fans of the Nerd Room that uh, have never heard of me before, uh, you can check me out uh, on Twitter and Instagram at uh, the Funny Carlos or at C Candido Music. Um, and uh, as of uh, right now, uh, we're waiting to uh, turn the uh, the keys um and and you know turn the ignition on for um tumbling saber and and get back to the microphones uh we're gonna see when that's gonna happen hopefully soon uh and uh, other than that um i'm a musician so go check out my website at uh, carloscandidomusic.com yes i would i would heavily stress that guys i've got cd i've got it all i've got all the merch for mr candido (laughs) here so go check him out give him a follow Check out some of his music there. And, of course, Tumbling Saber podcast that he's part of with a good friend, Kyle and Corey. They're always breaking down Star Wars in a, a great amount of detail. So I love what you guys do over there. Have a blast with it. It's my my favorite Star Wars podcast. And I can't wait till you guys Thanks, get back buddy. at the mics. Yeah, man. So with all that being said, we, we've got a lot to look forward to. And we're going to get to that in the next couple of weeks here. For sure, but if you'd like to be a bigger part of the show, you can always email us at nerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do over the nerdroom.net. The hunt is real. You can find it over on Instagram at the nerdroom. It's where we're posting our pics of some of our successes on the hunt. And you will for sure see my new Lego set up there that I purchased live here on the podcast in the coming days <laughs> once it arrives on the doorstep. I have to go explain that to my wife after this podcast ends. <laughs> <laughs> I did it for the content. <laughs> so, yeah, man. As always, guys, you can find us on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode is where we like to to run around and have some discussion and it's going to there's going to be some discussion online, guys. Zaxxon's Justice League is, is coming down. It's bearing on us. But let's not forget we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Also, we're going to do our prelude episode next week to both of those debuts, which are happening next Thursday and next Friday. So, Buckle up, guys. It's going to be quite a week in Nerd running into next week. And, of course, the fallout of all that, which you can find here every single Thursday. So, guys, until next week for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Batman. And I'm the realist, Carlos. (laughs) And, guys, thank you so much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.